It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, I believe it was uh, in the middle of a, a Saturday morning. I could be confused. It's been a long time ago now. And then all of a sudden, I get push messages and notifications, and there's a mass killing in Pike County, Ohio, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And a, a woman all over it, like a two-ton heavy thing now with Law and Crime Network, is Anjanette Levy back on the big one with Sterling. Anjanette, how are you? And big news yesterday in Pike County with a guilty verdict with one of what, uh, or I guess three, four people culpable for those eight murders? Right. Well, well Sterling, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so George Wagner the fourth. Uh, is one of four people accused in this plan, this horrific plan and plot to kill members of the Roden and Gilly family. And he was convicted yesterday, found guilty on all 22 counts, 22 of them. Wow. Can you imagine? Uh, eight of those were aggravated murder. And he was the third person in this case to be convicted. His mother, Angela, and brother, Jake, had pleaded guilty last year, which was somewhat shocking when that happened um, because they were really two of the central figures in this case. George was kind of, you know, according to the jury, they found that he was a player, um, but he was really seen as an aider and a better rather than, you know, the one of the main players. So he was found guilty yesterday of these murders that, you know, happened you know, six and a half years ago, which is really hard to believe, you know, so much time has passed since these murders happened. You know, the arrests were just about a little more than four years ago. And now the first trial in the case results in a guilty verdict. And then his father, Billy, will, you know, is supposed to go on trial next year for his role in this or alleged role, I should say. Now, it's, you, you've seemingly covered a whole lot of blood and guts kind of trial situations from Wisconsin back and forth. I mean, you're all over the place now with the Law and Crime Network, whether you, you leave the house or not, uh, all over this <laughs> stuff. It, it, and it's it's a strange scenario. And, and usually it's not a, a multiple family, multiple person collusion kind of conspiracy scenario. But that's what this was. This was a conspiracy. And apparently nobody could keep their mouth shut and figure out how to be a, like a Columbo and clean it up. Yeah, so it, it was a conspiracy, and, you know, you don't see you, – you hear about conspiracy cases, right? But you don't hear about something quite like this. And this, you know, took a level of planning. And if you – you know, if you believe Jake and Angela, which the jury did, um, they started planning this basically in January of 2016, and then it was carried out in April, you know, months later. They – you know, Jake said they ordered things on the Internet, um, maglite flashlights to make homemade silencers or suppressors for firearms. Uh, that didn't work. You know, the, the, the thing they tried to make out of a, a maglite, which you can make a silencer for a gun out of a maglite flashlight. I did not um, know that until this, by the way. Yes. Actually, I, I've learned a lot. You can make one out of a tube of toilet paper. So just FYI. Well, um, that's, that's good to know. That, I, I know who to look yeah. to if I decide to go down a dark, ugly path. Yeah. I mean, can, can you believe it? So the <laughs> prototype 
failed. So then they decided to use oil filters, which apparently you can, you know, use an oil filter. So think about all the time that takes. You had to like modify a firearm. You had to weld things on it, put these, you know, threaded things on there so you could screw a um, oil filter into it in order to use it as a silencer. Think about all the time something like that would take. And it sounds like really nobody during the time it took to plan all this, it it sounds like allegedly they hemmed and hawed a little bit like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this, but they ended up doing it. And um, it's, it's just insane. Um, The things they bought, they bought a signal jammer so they could turn this thing on this device and then it would keep people from calling 911. I mean, think about how diabolical that is. You 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 order something and, and so you can turn on this device. So Sterling, if I come into your house and I want to hurt you, you can't use your cell phone to call for help. Well, I don't like um, the way this so, sounds. We've already you're already now coming up with possibilities and in, in how to approach this. And I'm a little you know unnerved. I mean, I, no, I, I totally like, do. For those who don't know, by the way, it's Angela uh, Le- Anjanette Levy from Law and Order or Law and Crime Network. Excuse me. Law and Order. Yeah, I, I hear that. <laughs> dung, dung. I, I feel like oh, I should God. know it because here we are. We had this conversation. Like all of a sudden, something happens to me. You just mentioned coming into the house and, and you've got this plan. This is weird. And, and sadly, yeah. there's loss of life involved with this. And it's hard. Not horrifying. It is. Yeah. And people from all over the place have been gawking at this. So mm-hmm. they went through this planning. There was this effort to work together as a conspiracy, yet it failed. And all of this, if I'm not mistaken, was all about this child that they did not. Right. They wanted. To, where is the kid and what's going on now with this this little one? So Jake Wagner said they did this because um, they felt they had to protect his daughter at the time she was you know, two and a half years old that he had with one of the victims, Hannah Mae Roden. Um, She had broken up with him, wanted nothing more to do with him. He wanted her to sign custody documents, sharing custody or either handing over custody of the little girl to him. And she said, no, I'm not, I'm never going to do it. She even said it in a Facebook post a month before they started planning this or a Facebook private message, which they had hacked into her Facebook and were monitoring. And she said, you know, to somebody, I'll, I'll never sign papers. They'll have to kill me first. Well, they, I guess, decided, okay, then, you know, we'll do that. And they, according to Jake and Angela, they had this fear and the prosecutors say it was like this imaginary fear that they concocted to justify what they were going to do, that the little girl could possibly, and I I mean possibly, be molested. So they wanted this little girl. And George, uh, who was on trial, apparently, according to them, agreed they had to protect Sophia. And um, he, he had done, they had kind of done something similar, not homicide, but he had they had gotten his ex-wife, now ex-wife, to sign over custody of his child with her to him. So it's like they had to have these children. Um, you know, so the little girl now, uh, from everything we've been told, thank goodness, is doing well, is safe, is happy, is with people who really love her. Um, so that's a good thing. And, and the little boy, um, George's son, is back with his mother, Tabitha, who testified at the trial you know she said she was basically tricked into signing divorce papers that basically gave george full custody and um she had very little if any visitation with her child until these arrests so 
there's more trials to be had. We're talking eight people who lost their lives. The ripple effect associated with all of this, a child that now ends up in the worst situation than what the allegation was and the fear, I guess, that all these people were planning and plotting and, and murdering for uh, than initially had been planned. Uh, with this adjudication, this conviction yesterday, the, the others coming, we're looking at life sentences. Or are they looking at possible capital murder situations where there be execution? What do we know moving ahead in short order, Annette? Well, these were death penalty cases, all four of them. But Jake, as part of his plea agreement, asked that in exchange for his testimony and for leading prosecutors to the murder weapons and things, you know, some evidence, that he wanted the death penalty taken off the table for all of his family members who went to trial. Um, so the state said, you have to testify, you have to testify to our liking in order for that to happen. So he gets up on it there on the stand, he testifies. And because he did so, um, this was at the beginning of the trial, this was a death penalty case. And they seated a jury that was willing to consider the death penalty. And uh, so because Jake testified, he the death penalty specifications were dropped before the case went to the jury. So he will more than likely, I believe, be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. I'm sure that the judge could could potentially set some type of parole eligibility date. I personally, I, I just don't see that happening. You have, you know, this case where a jury found he stood by and watched eight people get murdered and did nothing about it. Um, so, like, that he was there that night. That's what the jury's verdict says. So... I just can't see him getting any type of parole eligibility. Any idea of when this will pro progress to the next step with others facing, you know, the actual process of, of trial and, and juries making a decision upon their future and their culpability? Well, Jake and Angela have already pleaded guilty. So Jake's never getting out of prison. He's already, you know, that ship has sailed. He will never be released. Right. Angela can get out after serving 30 years, but she's going to be an older woman in prison's heart. So I don't know if she'll really ever get out. Billy's trial is supposed to start next year. So everything we've been told is that, yes, he his case is going to trial. It's come a long way with uh, local sheriffs, FBI, BCI agents, and, and all that's uh, going along with that. And a guy who was uh, formerly like top cop in Ohio, now the governor, reelected again. Talking Mike DeWine, mm -hmm. it, it's certainly come a long way. And you've been covering it from the beginning of this. It's uh, we'll have to talk about you and doing what you do, covering all the blood and gut stuff, because it seems like we're fixated on a society, whether it's podcasts, Law and Crime Network, Anjanette Levy. Thank you for making time. It's it's a, it's a weird thing. And then you got to go home to your family and try to, like, take that hat off and, and try to decompress a little. It's got to be strange for you, too. I, I mean, it, it just must, because it's weird for me even thinking about it. I, I, I dreaded even talking about it, but I figured if I want to know, I know the people want to know. Right. And I, I think people, you know, are interested, especially, I mean, I, there are so many, there are cases like, I, I'm just going to be honest with you where I'm, uh, you know, I'm so horrified and grossed out that I can't even, I want, I don't want to know about it. I covered this from the beginning. Um, and I just, you know, there was such a sense of shock and fear and sadness in the community about this, that I think that, you know, covering it from that day and seeing, you know, these family members showing up at the scene, just in uh, having emotional breakdowns because of what had happened. Um, you know, I think you want to see, you want to see some finality to that and see them 
get some answers and things like that. So um, with as horrific as this was, I think it was really important to see it through. And we're still seeing it through because um, people should be able to go to bed in their homes in their night, you know, at night with their babies by their side and um, wake up the next morning. They shouldn't have to worry about people coming into their homes, you know, in the dead of night under cover of darkness and uh, their lives being snuffed out in an instant. So um, it's just so disturbing. So it, it um, really is on a whole lot of yeah. levels. And it seems family and friends, I think, will do it to you for, uh, often the worst. It, it's, it's just bewildering. And, and all this under the guise of caring for a child. It's unbelievable. Uh, great uh, talking to you. Great following you, watching you and uh, reading you. Lawn Crime Network, uh, streaming or otherwise. She is Anjanette Levy. I'm Sterling. Thanks for making time. And uh, I guess we'll get an update on this and some other gruesomeness. Maybe we can talk about something fun in the future. Can we do that? Yeah, like, have me back on, and we'll just, like, we'll just chit-chat. How about that? Yeah, we'll call it coffee talk. Yeah, there's a future in it. Yes, I think that we we could totally just sit and probably talk for hours, so. I I, I absolutely (laughs) think so. Let's go, yeah, with a little less death and carnage. Anjanette Levy, Lawn Crime Network, more Sterling coming back. Thank you. Uh, 700 WLW. Don't shudder in fear of another bland and pointless morning. What? Mike McConnell is here to make your morning super. Yeah, that's a good thing. News, interviews, laughs, and his circle of champions. Chuck Ingram, the master of the motorways. Jennifer Ketchmark, the meteorological maven. And Seg Dennison voted Mr. Jock seven years running. That is amazing. Make your morning super with Mike McConnell. I've never been so proud in my life. Morning at 5. I like that. That has impact. On 700 WLW. Hey, Scott Sloan here. If you're a business owner, listen for a second. You got your PPP money during COVID. Not law and order, which, uh, that's it. It's a whole other thing. And that's all I hear in my head all day long uh, talking about uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, in a bit, uh, we'll talk to GasBuddy.com, a petroleum guru, Patrick DeHaan, on the other side of your 930 report about uh, petroleum oil uh, issues and uh, diesel prices and our wallets getting hit and as prices fall how long that's going to last and what to expect next uh dr donna schleck uh, from wright state former uh, head of political science professor emeritus now well he was in dc yesterday and there's a lot of hubbub and a lot of uh, jockeying and poker playing and uh, I, I don't know he, he he's not in congress anymore but he could very well end up speaker of the house again that's how rumors go high stakes chess i, I guess is really what it is we'll talk to dr schleck uh, about that uh, also, uh, that master, uh, special master reviewing Mar-a-Lago records in, in the Trump investigation and the rail strike. And uh, there, there's a lot of stuff to get to tonight. Also, Marjorie Morrison from PsychHub.com. Uh, she's a CEO and co-founder on issues of mental health, uh, resources for it, statistics just out. Uh, showing those numbers growing in the general population and uh, our veterans uh, dealing with uh, that as well. And uh, maybe some positive news finally with that, too. So that's coming up uh, a little bit later. I think after 11 o'clock, we, a conversation we had uh, with Marjorie Morrison, Schleyhek coming up 1035 and lots of other stuff to do. Glad you're along uh, and uh, enjoying a fine Thursday, unusual one. Nor- normally, I think uh, on Thursday is what you get Dan Carroll. Then I'm here Friday, Saturday, maybe a Sunday afternoon. But uh, you got the football Bengals uh, back at home after success in Nashville. That was nice to see him beat the Titans last week. And I, I was telling Alex Egan, who's producing the show, that I, I think I might have a problem. I, I, I've turned into, and we've heard it constantly, and I know he, he's Mr. Sports Talk. It makes sense. 
that he, he would well, what Alex isn't live. I'm talking about Lance though. Uh, well, that's all right. You, you could be too, Alex. Uh, but, but Lance regularly rewatches like Bengals games. I found myself last night rewatching that Titans Bengals game from last Sunday, which, by the way, great game. It was fun. It looked like that those guys were having a lot of fun in Nashville and took care of business. Um, and it was a much needed win and a tough stretch. Uh, is they try to get back to the Super Bowl and uh, a nice matchup and, and success uh, facing a team that they handled in the division uh, championship game uh, playoff uh, last year uh, as they were making their way to Los Angeles for uh, that uh, Super Bowl run, or at least tr- got to the game anyway. We know how the outcome was. They got Kansas City in town come Sunday. It's going to be a good one. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk on that uh, sooner than later, too. Uh, so I, I think that's pretty much a, a lot of stuff that we got going on. And uh, do I have a problem? Do you rewatch Bengals games or Bearcats games? Do you? Uh, I, I mean, I mean, it's. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Because I, I, I normally I would joke. I don't I don't really mock Lance. I just go, man, how do you find time? But I mean, that's his, his purpose is uh, Mr. Sports Talk to do that very thing. I, I wanted to watch. I, I couldn't help it. I, I mean, it's recorded automatically. And then I also saw that it was replaying. So uh, late last night, I'm taking care of some work and, and sitting there at the desk, and, and I I just put it on, and then I couldn't turn it off, for good or bad. I enjoyed it, and, and I knew how it ended, and, and it was a good ending for the the, the Bengals. So so be it. Uh, on the other side, after your 9:30 report, Sean Gallagher with an update of what's going on around planet Earth. Going to bring it home to what matters to us here in the tri-state. Patrick Dehan, conversation and insights. He is the boss of petroleum analysis at GasBuddy.com. We'll talk on refining issues, oil, gas, diesel, and uh, what that means for our pockets, and uh, maybe hopefully possibly some lower prices. So hang out. That's on the other side of news, and that's what it's time for now, and that's what you're listening to, don't you know, on a Thursday, Sterling. News Radio 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW. Cincinnati. Biden's forgiveness plan to be heard by the state by the highest court in the country with the 930 report. I'm Sean Gallagher breaking now. The Supreme Court today agreeing to take up the case regarding the Biden administration's program to provide student debt relief to certain borrowers as that plan is still blocked. The Supreme Court is putting President Biden's student loan relief program on hold for now, agreeing to hear arguments about the program in the February 2023 argument session, according to the court's order. Biden's proposal promises up to $20,000 in federal student debt forgiveness for middle and low class borrowers. More than 26 million people have already applied to the relief, with 16 million approved so far. Texas and other states moved to block the plan, saying the president is overreaching his executive powers. ABC News, Washington. The president last month announcing that the student debt repayment pause have been extended to June 30th as he anticipated a legal fight at the Supreme Court. Now the latest traffic and weather together and checking the major interstates and highways at this time. 
not seen any new reports of accidents. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. As we head to our Friday daybreak, it continues to cloud up in a low of 29. Now our Friday is mostly cloudy, an afternoon chance of rain, a high of 53. At night, rain late and a low of 49. Saturday, mostly sunny and cold. Sunday, mostly cloudy and 44 a kickoff. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh. News Radio 700 WLW. Radar showing a clear sky. Our current temperature, 31 degrees. A woman is arrested after a three-year-old child dies after being found unresponsive in Avondale overnight. Cincinnati police this evening announcing that 27-year-old Molly Krebs is now charged with involuntary manslaughter. The child identified as Jaden Krebs located just after midnight in the 800 block of Ridgeway Avenue, dying at Cincinnati Children's. A student in Hamilton High School taken into custody Wednesday after being found with a gun. A staff member was notified that the student was armed, which led to an investigation by a school resource officer later finding a loaded semi-automatic handgun on the student. The student now facing two felony weapons counts. It's a race to the finish this Saturday with conference championship games, but two years from now, teams right on the outside trying to make the final four of the college football playoff this year will find their path much easier. The college football playoff is officially expanding to 12 teams. The board of managers announcing they've agreed to the expansion starting for the 2024 season. The first round would take place at either the home field of the higher-seeded team or at another site chosen by that school. The four quarterfinal games and the two semifinal games will be played in traditional bowl games on a rotating basis. The playoff bracket will remain at four teams for this year, I'm Rick Uchino. College basketball, Northern Kentucky is in a battle right now in double overtime with Youngstown State. They're in the last nine seconds, and NKU leads 75-71. Thursday night football in Foxborough, it's the Bills leading the Patriots 17-7 with just over a minute until halftime. Our next update is at 10 o'clock. I'm Sean Gallagher, News Radio 700 WLW iHeartRadio, straight from the studio with U2's Bono. I met kids to school, go to work, handle your business, and uh, the cost of fuel and everything else related because of diesel costs, geopolitics, and war in Ukraine, supply chain issues, and leases used or not leased uh, and used by big oil, and uh, the misinformation and disinformation associated with it. There's a lot of variables, and a guy who knows about all of this from GasBuddy.com, the head of petroleum analysis, Patrick DeHaan. Welcome back to 700 WLW with Sterling. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Finally get to talk about falling prices. Uh, Correct. Uh, How long will we be discussing falling prices as we go into winter and an ongoing issue with uh, international supply? Well, you know, I want to be a little cautious, but it looks like this could last another couple of weeks, if not a little longer. Um, While we're here, uh, there are some concerns. Uh, There's been a lot said about China in recent days, uh, shutting down their economy because of COVID and, of course, protests that have developed could eventually cause China to change its COVID zero stance. Uh, Much of the reason why oil prices have been plummeting in the last couple of weeks has to do with China clamping down, restricting movements, which curbs consumption of oil in their country. And a reversal uh, uh, could certainly boost prices back up. But for now, let's talk about the good. Uh, Average gas prices uh, down about 10 cents a gallon in the last week across Cincinnati. And some stations getting very close 
uh, to falling under three dollars a gallon. Uh, in the midst of this time, going back into a more holiday travel season in the next couple of weeks, we talk about the, the issue with China. And effectively, our, our prices have risen because of an uh, econo- economy that's been growing and doing better than it had been during the pandemic, I would think, overall. And how much of that is maybe a part of instability with the uh, Russia supply and, and Europe with Ukraine? Well, I mean, there, there's been a lot uh, of changes here um, over the last, uh, you know, six to 12 months. A lot of it really still because of things like COVID and Russia's war in Ukraine, COVID shutting down oil production, uh, which has caused prices to spike, but also refineries that in some cases permanently shut down because of, of COVID. That and then we kind of saw the economy going the other direction heating back up and then Russia invading Ukraine and Russia is one of the world's largest oil producers. So it's been a very uh, much a bumpy ride this year, roller coaster ride. Uh, But ultimately a lot of Russia's oil is still making it to the market. And that's why oil prices have cooled off since hitting their peak in March is because Russia has found ways to still export oil. So for now, seasonality has taken over gas prices falling as demand falls and also being enhanced by China's COVID stance. In addition, refineries are uh, still processing at extremely high rates for this time of year, and that's all pushed prices down and could lead to prices declining another few weeks, if not longer. Head of Petroleum Analysis for GasBuddy.com, Patrick DeHaan, with Sterling on the big one. In the, in the midst of this talk, the last couple of days, the White House or, or someone from the administration, not the White House itself, uh, came out and mentioned, obviously, uh, opening up some markets where we previously, with Maduro, had not exactly allowed commerce to move ahead and, and imports or their exports of oil products to the U.S., but they say it's not really going to significantly affect cost and supply here stateside. Where do we stand? We still have major issues with diesel, uh, though you mentioned supply and, and obviously not a change in blends for seasonal uh, adjustments and uh, issues of the environment here stateside, at least for a couple more months, I'm thinking, yes? Well, I, I, you know, there's been a lot, of course, of, uh, of, of changes. Um, you mentioned uh, Venezuela there. Um, I think the administration, you know, obviously it's it's – uh, it's been a, a tough decision. Venezuela uh, and Maduro, um, you know, have have long basically um, been a corrupt institution, and I think the U.S. is maybe looking uh, beyond its own borders for oil simply because of of how it would backfire on the president to reverse some of his economic uh, agenda, uh, excuse me, his environmental agenda to allow oil companies to produce more here. Um, so it's a fine line, but ultimately, I think uh, allowing Venezuela to export more oil, um, you know, there may be a change in tune there from Maduro. Uh, there may be something in it for the U.S. as well. So I don't think it's going to move the needle a whole lot. But uh, ahead of uh, the EU cutting off Russia's oil or sanctioning their oil on December 5th, potentially, it still uh, could be a psychological difference in, if the market knows that. Uh, there could be more oil coming from countries like uh, Venezuela. Talking to Patrick DeHaan, he's the head of petroleum analysis at GasBuddy.com with Sterling on the big one. Uh, something else that came up recently is the fact, and you'd mentioned it, the fact that Russia is a massive supplier of petroleum uh, for the world. Uh, and they have been affected by embargo and, and uh, lots of constraints because of the, the conflict in, their, uh, in Ukraine and from the U.S. sort of leading the way. Uh, they're still selling oil. Uh, they're trying to limit the amount of money they get uh, for that oil product that they're uh, selling at some point. 
Um, and there's apparently a black market with that, which I hadn't really thought much of. H- how does one, once it's at sea, really control it? If I mean, it's out there and available. Anybody who can get their hands on it's going to do it because, I mean, it's life and death for a lot of people. Ask Ukraine right now in the winter. Well, yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, and th- this is one part of the equation moving forward that kind of is something that can still affect oil markets significantly. I mean, Russia has, has promised a response if this EU price cap uh, is put in place and if it's effective. So, you know, the next few months, uh, we're just taking a couple of weeks at a time, but um, that and Mother Nature, uh, oil inventories, uh, excuse me, diesel inventories remain very tight. Uh, you had touched on that. The price of diesel remains at a significant premium to that of gasoline. That's something that will continue, though diesel is seeing some moderation as well. We're down to a national average of 515. That's down about 20 cents in the last couple of weeks. That will continue. But diesel remains the sore spot. Of course, diesel is the fuel that powers the economy. So just overall, very difficult to predict beyond a few weeks out, given how geopolitical situations can change. And, of course, uh, with supply and demand constantly shifting. Uh, Patrick DeHaan is the head of petroleum analysis, GasBuddy.com. Here's something I don't understand, because I, I hear language in misrepresentation. And I don't know the, the truth of the matter. I think a lot of people come to me and ask, and I go, well, why don't we get DeHaan on from a gas buddy and ask? Uh, <laughs> the, and hopefully you can help, uh, because we know that the, the future short-term is easier than long-term. But the talk of leases and development and discovery and uh, recovery of petroleum products uh, here stateside with leases uh, to uh, big oil some 9,000 are talked about that apparently aren't being worked with right now the talk of environmental regulation may be helping to put a lid on that uh, are they utilizing and sucking out all that uh, black gold from uh, states that's possible at this point with leases held why are they holding them and what does all the gobbledygook talk about it really mean because one side says one thing and the other is the other forgetting yeah. about politics I'm trying to figure about you know what my future holds for stocks and, and pocket and, and surviving, uh, you know, the economy. Well, a lot's been said politically. You know, uh, one party's trying to make it out to be uh, an attack on the energy sector. It will mean that, you know, down the road when those permits could be utilized that, you know, it's a limitation. But oil companies sit on, on thousands of permits. They don't use them all at once. Nothing has changed there. So, you know, for the Biden administration to paint that picture, that's always been the case. Um, you know, but you don't pull a permit a day before you need to start building on a plot of land. You, uh, you know, there's a lot of regulatory process. So you get permits in anticipation so that when you need it, it's ready. So, you know, the administration has been absolutely less than friendly to the oil sector. That's had a role, but that's something that will take years to manifest in the form of, of energy prices that are significantly affected. And for now, we're still dealing with the imbalances brought on by COVID in Russia. Well, thank you for the time. I could spend a lot more with you. I appreciate the insight in doing what you do. It's a great resource, whether it's the app or online, or if he'll pick up the phone for you. He's Patrick DeHaan, head of petroleum analysis, gasbuddy.com. Thanks for making time. We'll hopefully talk to you again sooner than later with good news and, and a fatter pocket. That's right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Take care it. of yourself. More Sterling coming back, 700 WLW. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Experts warn cash, stocks, and bonds could become worthless. Crypto is crashing and gold is too risky. How should you protect your money? Invest in chickens. Sometimes things don't seem quite right. Discover how chickens can protect you from the coming economic collapse. And that's when you need a little Scott Sloan common sense. Look, I'm about the real stuff. Yeah, the problems and the issues that actually affect you. But I also make sure we have a little fun along the way. Check out Sloney tomorrow morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Dana Schwartz, host of the hit podcast, Noble Blood. Join me on my new podcast, Stealing Superman, for a deep dive into... For sales and service, and soon to be the largest Jeep and Ram dealer in the tri-state. That's Mike Astrusi Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. You're listening to 700 WLW, also available on 94.5 FM W233BG Cincinnati. Glad you're along. Fine Thursday night, Sterling, 700 WLW. Alex Egan, producer of the show. Sean Gallagher in the newsroom. I don't know who tags in after him. McCormick. So a couple of Sean's in the newsroom. It's around the corner. I don't know what that means. That almost sounds like a derogatory term. Ah, it's just a couple of Sean's. But I don't mean anything like it. It's their first name. It's like I said, hey, there's a Sterling on the big one. That'd be me. Alex Egan's producing the show. McConnell in the morning tomorrow. On it goes. You get Willie. You get Ed and Rock and, and uh, so on. Anyway, uh, later, uh, Dr. Donna Schlake, Wright State University Professor Emeritus. She used to be the boss of political science there, the chair, if you will. We'll talk on, on uh, a lot of rumors. Ohio's John Boehner was in D.C. Uh, getting some headlines, getting some FaceTime and some good ink, uh, and maybe taking part in uh, testing the waters and uh, maybe an invitation in a high-stakes chess match to, to become speaker if McCarthy doesn't. We'll talk on that. And you got appeals court issues with a special master I- involving those documents and that uh, Department of Justice stuff and a rail strike legislative vote on, on keeping them working but not giving them all those uh, days when it comes to sick leave and so on, which leads me to, to something else. I, I, I mean, look, if you want to do a job – there are certain things that are critical for our survival, our economy, our safety, our security, and uh, in general terms, our uh, vested interest as a nation and our people, and for that matter, the world. And if it doesn't show up on a truck, it came off a train before it left in a truck to get uh, to the store, to your house, your clothes, your food, your furniture. I mean, anything you can think of, it, that's how it got here whether domestically or off a boat in a cargo container from uh, parts unknown, globally speaking. Uh, and the diesel comes into that, too, as a part of the cost. Um, they were close to getting a deal, as I understand it, and then they were like, well, well we want more. And, and everybody wants more, right? I mean, it, it seems pretty basic. But to go along with that thought, uh, I don't know who's getting like a 20% raise over you know a couple of years' time stepping up, even though uh, jobs and cost of of labor have been increasing over these last uh, couple of uh, years, especially uh, even in the midst of pandemic times. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's a pretty good situation. I'm not trying to be rude. Get what you can get. But without rail and uh, goods and services and transportation going along with that, uh, I mean, you know, you, you've just got to go about your business. 
So they got their money, at least most of it, and then they can work out the details later. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine who lives down the way walking the dog in the cold. He's asking me what I think about this, and, and he was saying that he didn't think that the government should get involved, though now that's happened some 18 times in the history of this nation where the lawmakers have stepped in to say, no, uh, you're going to keep working because you're a vital interest for this nation's uh, national security. So I'll open up the phones, give you a chance to sound off on this. I got some other stuff, too, and we'll ask Dr. Schleck about that after the, the 1030 report. Um, should they be allowed to strike? I mean, you don't let law enforcement generally go on strike, right? I mean, you've heard of talks, oh, the blue flu or whatever. You, you don't want hospital workers, though occasionally somewhat limited, uh, do you see nurses go on strike? Uh, you don't see doctors striking here stateside, but other parts of the world. Uh, I remember when I was a kid and uh, school teachers went on strike when I, I was in Dayton growing up. And, and I can remember they were it, it was weird. I was like in, in kindergarten, maybe first grade, second grade and, and walking to school through picket lines and seeing my teachers that I saw every day regularly outside. And then uh, those who decided to be scabs, I, I, don't, I hate to use that term, but that's what some were being called. They, they were kind of belligerent about it. And, I, and teachers are underpaid generally. But I ask you, uh, you know, in certain cases, do you agree with lawmakers of both sides of the political persuasion that, you know what, they're going to give them that money, but you need to keep working? Because if not, uh, not just the country, but uh, the world and our standing and our security is at risk. 513-749-7800, the big one. I'm at Sterling Radio on Twitter. You want to get interactive that way. I mean, it's, it's just basic. Now, most of us don't have collective bargaining. Most of us aren't in a union. They are not as big and powerful as they once were, although Starbucks is certainly dealing with that in some locations around the country. And to historically speaking, it's interesting that teachers unions get bunches of hate. Law enforcement unions get lots of love. And then, you know, fire and safety and first responders tend to be embraced when it comes to their collective bargaining and their union stuff. But teachers have been hated for quite some time on it. And when it comes to rail workers, and that's a tough job. I always thought it'd be cool to work on the railroad. I might be a little long in the tooth to do that now, but uh, there's a great need for truckers. There's a great need for people to work in, in the business of rail uh, of one type or another when it comes to uh, transportation uh, of uh, goods and uh, even people in some cases. And the talk of rail and, and more Amtrak in Ohio and maybe high-speed stuff, that's all sort of interrelated. 513-749-7800, the big one. Uh, something else and a little bit lighter, but we can sound off on all of it. Uh, <clears throat> and this got me thinking in a, in a different way about something else. Headline, French baguette gains U.N. world heritage status as a tradition to be preserved by humanity. I like a baguette. I like my sandwiches on a baguette. You can do a lot with it. It's a very versatile item. And I start thinking about, okay, well, the, the baguette, it's a piece of bread, but it is a French baguette. And they've gotten that love. What would it be here? stateside when you think american stuff and being the melting pot that would des deserve heritage status and you know in a situation where the world should recognize it and uh, it should be allowed to be uh, protected and preserved in, in relation to that they said the bread's new status the french government says it's planning to create an artisanal baguette day called the open bakehouse day to connect french uh, better with their heritage when I think of you, I, I think of uh, chicken and waffles. I, I think uh, here in the tri-state, certainly there's Geta. Um, in the Pittsburgh and parts of Pennsylvania, I guess there's Scrapple. Uh, in New Orleans, you could say there's the Po' Boy. 
and there's such a mixing of French and and uh, Caribbean and African and Italian foods in and around New Orleans. It's it's a hodgepodge of everything, truly the melting pot. There's a whole lot of stuff that could sort of go along on, on that line. What would it be here stateside that you said, what, this deserves heritage status? The hamburger, the cheeseburger, I think that's quintessentially American. Why shouldn't that be determined to be the same when it comes to heritage status? Is there something? You could also, if it's stale enough, wreak havoc and cause harm, defend yourself uh, with a baguette. You ever get thumped by a baguette? I mean, it's not a proper way to deal with bread. You could do that with a bagel. You could put a bagel on a rope, let it get stale, spin it around. It could be like a David and Goliath thing with the rock. You could lose an eye, and then you could eat the evidence. Wow, now I'm sounding like a law and crime conversation about uh, plotting and planning. I, I've had no premeditation with these type of things. I'm just saying, I, you ever try to eat a stale piece of bread? You could cause some harm. And I can remember there was, a, I think it was an Alfred Hitchcock show. I might be wrong, could have been like an Outer Limits or a Twilight Zone. There was a show that was old when I saw it as a rerun as a kid when it came to a, a woman who she had killed someone with like a piece of frozen meat. And then law enforcement was there, the murder police, homicide cops, investigators, detectives were in her house trying to get to the bottom of what the hell happened, and, and she was cooking. And then she offered those investigators some of the meat that she had been uh, cooking and preparing. I think it was like uh, like lamb chops or something. I could be wrong. might have been a nice ribeye steak. And, and uh, she was basically offering them a chance to eat the murder weapon as they were trying to pin it on her or anybody else who might have been responsible. You could do the same with a baguette. I don't think that is the U.N.'s plan when it comes to world heritage status or even fully what it means. But I say get a and, and, and you know what? What about a, a, a three-way or, or maybe a coney when you think Cincinnati chili? I think that might qualify. Maybe it's just me. Other side, lots of ground to cover. 10 o'clock report. Sean Gallagher's got it. Bengals at home at Paycor come Sunday late game. Kansas City Chiefs in town looking to handle business. It should be a good one. And you had some basketball and a lot of other stuff happening, too. Uh, news time now. More Sterling coming back on the home of the best Bengals coverage. And those Reds with Reds Fest this weekend. News Radio 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW. Cincinnati. Pain easing at the pump as the holiday season kicks off. With the 10 o'clock report, I'm Sean Gallagher, breaking now. Gas prices across the country continue to drop, a far cry from where the U.S. was in June when the average for a gallon of unleaded in the U.S., was $5. Gas prices are back to where they were before Russia invaded Ukraine. Some are saying we could see gas fall below $3 a gallon in parts of the country by Christmas. So this is putting real money back into people's pockets. A few reasons for this. One is we're not driving as much because the busy summer driving season is behind us. We also have COVID lockdowns in China, which means that country is not uh, consuming as much oil as they normally would. And lots of refineries here that were offline because of maintenance and repairs are back up to speed. ABC News business correspondent and Alexis Christophorus, Ohio's average today sitting at $3.35. That's down 37 cents from the 1st of November. Cincinnati's average higher at $3.54. That's down 23 cents from last month. Now the latest traffic and weather together, checking the major interstates and highways at this time. Not seeing any reports of new accidents. Now, the latest forecast from the Advanced Industry Weather Center. Ever wonder what visiting the dentist without fear would feel like? 
Learn about the advanced dentistry difference at NoFearDentist.com. Heading into Friday morning, it's increasing clouds. A 7 a.m. temperature of 29. The rest of our Friday, then, clouds and windy and an afternoon chance of rain. A high of 53. At night, rain develops and continues into Saturday early, a low of 49. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning. Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh. News Radio 700 WLW. Radar showing a clear sky at this time are temperature 30 degrees. Hamilton County Commissioners in a 2-1 vote today approving a 10.5% property tax rebate for homeowners in 2023. Alicia Reese was the no vote, saying in a statement it's not the 30% property tax rebate voters were promised when approving a half-cent sales tax increase back in 1996 to help fund construction of Great American Ballpark and Paycor Stadium. Reese continuing saying the county wasn't able to keep that promise to the taxpayers during these tough times for citizens, but at the same time can keep the promise to sports facilities and other expenses projects and said the county must have one set of rules. She concluded saying the county can be both fiscally stable and responsible while also giving homeowners the break they were promised. The family of an autistic boy who earlier this year wandered away from a children's home in northern Kentucky and drowned in the Ohio River, filing a wrongful death lawsuit, naming the children's home of northern Kentucky and Covington and the Kentucky Cabinet for Health and Family Services and some of the other employees in that suit. Nine-year-old Ian Seuss's body was found a mile from the home back in early June. A former star-wide receiver who played for the Bengals' rival, now wanted by police. Former NFL superstar Antonio Brown, wanted by Tampa police after an alleged domestic battery incident with a woman. According to authorities, Brown was arguing with a woman inside a South Tampa home on Monday, turning physical when he threw a shoe at her, a court issuing a warrant for his arrest. Brown has a long history of troubling behavior on and off the field, including being accused by two women of sexual assault. He's denied the allegations. ABC News' Victor Okendo, a 12-team college football playoff, officially will start in 2024. We're coming today that the Rose Bowl had come to an agreement to expand the playoff in the final two seasons of its current contract, which are 2024 and 25. The four teams in this year's playoff will be announced Sunday following championship weekend. College basketball, NKU beating Youngstown State 77-73 in double overtime at Truist Arena tonight, opening conference play with a victory. Our next update is at 10.30. I'm Sean Gallagher, News Radio 700, WLW. This report is sponsored by the Ad Council. I hear wherever you are, whatever you're doing, could be on the iHeartRadio app. Motivated to sound off, can't pick up the phone, give it the finger, 513-749-7800, the big one. It's easy, iHeartRadio app, big one page, talk back, mic, leave a message. I don't know if we'll call you back, like James Addiction said, but we, we just might play it. Uh, certainly, lots of stuff to get to before we're done. Marjorie Morrison, uh, she's the boss and co-founder of PsychHub.com. After 11 o'clock, about an hour away, uh, we will talk on issues of mental health, uh, suicide, and uh, getting healthy, staying healthy, and supporting those around us. Uh, it's close to home. Uh, someone uh, that I uh, uh, know uh, in, in recent days. Uh, chose, um, I, I think, a rather permanent solution to what uh, stereotypically, uh, you know, it's a, it's a term that's maybe overused, but a, a temporary problem. 
Uh, so we'll talk to Marjorie Morrison about that after 11 o'clock. Dr. Donna Schleich, Wright State Professor Emeritus, Political Science, going to join us after the 1030 report on uh, John Boehner in D.C. and what that means for the House Speaker seat uh, that uh, is going to be shifting to the Republican side, obviously, as uh, they get ready to do business after the new year and the lame duck. Lots of other stuff to talk to her about. In the meantime, I thought we'd have a little fun. And oh, by the way, here's an update. Uh, Thursday Night Football, which is on Prime now, if uh, you're not paying attention, uh, maybe multitasking on the road. Don't be watching that game and uh, pay attention uh, to what you're doing. 17-7 uh, Bills on the road in New England. A friend of mine, actually, at that game now, freezing probably. Uh, 17-7 over the Patriots right now. 8-3 Bills, 6-5 Patriots. Bengals Sunday hosting Kansas City, the Chiefs. And uh, they're looking to get a little revenge, obviously, because the Who Day handled their business as they made their way to L.A. on, uh, well, Kansas City had to be sent home. You know how that goes. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's uh, something to look forward to Sunday here on the big one. Uh, in the meantime, I mentioned this uh, before the news. I, I find this interesting. I think we can have a little fun with this in the midst of some of the heavy conversation. And certainly we're solving the world's problems, as Ken Brew likes to say that I do. Uh, but I, I think this is, is interesting. The French baguette, which everyone at this point, you know, even if you're not French, haven't been to France, uh, you go grab a bite to eat someplace, you can get yourself a, a sandwich or whatever on the baguette. Uh, you can certainly uh, get the baguette uh, on your own if you go to Kroger or wherever else, make sandwiches. I, I assume I must have known that it was a French thing, but I don't know. The United Nations has a list of intangible cultural heritage. Um, and what they've done is embraced the French baking, uh, and it has been around the world and uh, that baguette now is uh, a cherished tradition, uh, they say, to preserve uh, for humanity, by humanity. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And I start thinking about this, and, and obviously it's made with only flour, water, salt, and yeast. It makes it easy to prepare for the populations that aren't necessarily as fortunate as we uh, in the United States and the land of plenty, even though there may be some trying times uh, for many of us. Um, but but it, it started getting me thinking. Um, generally speaking, about what would be quintessentially American that would be easy to fix, that the world has embraced. I mean, you could say the French fry. That seems like an American thing. I don't know the full history. I'm not like a, a foodie uh, of history study that they may have at UC. I, I don't even know. if that, It could be a major. I have no idea. Probably a more future in it than underwater basket weaving, which was my minor. But I start thinking uh, cheeseburger, hamburger. You could say pizza. I don't think it was initially American. But it's certainly turned into something here stateside that is unlike pizza most other places, uh, no matter where you go, whether it's two cities, uh, you know, up off of 71 there in, a, in the Mason area or, or somewhere else for that matter. What would be the American contribution to the world? 
as a tradition to be preserved by humanity, what would it be? Pizza? Mm. French fry? Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, I remember, uh, you know, back during uh, the Gulf War many years ago, there was lawmakers wasting time and, and publicity stunts saying that they were going to outlaw and change the name of the French fry because the, the French weren't along with us and, you know, the, the group of uh, countries and allies that were uh, going to go and uh, try to fight terrorism and so forth. But uh, just the, the same, the French fry seems American, right? Cheeseburger, hamburger seems appropriate. What about the chicken tender? Everybody has a chicken tender now. Deep fried, battered, and so on. Seems quintessentially American to me. 513-749-7800, the big one, and at Sterling Radio on Twitter. Uh, you can certainly get interactive. Now, uh, while you think about that a little bit, there's something else that you may have had some dysfunctional relationships in the past. Um, I have a history of, um, what's the best way to say it? I'm not saying I like crazy, but I seem to be attracted towards uh, a crazy or a little bit insane. I may or may not be one to help uh, cause the insanity and the crazy from time to time. Uh, there is a uh, passion and there is great uh, attraction with that, uh, but there can often be a downsize. There's a guy in the last week that's gotten himself international attention out of Texas um, who uh, has an ex-girlfriend that apparently was a little unstep, uh, upset, a little unstable, unhinged, and off the rails, answered a phone. A woman answered his phone when she was calling. She freaked out, panicked, lost her mind, and, and apparently thought he was cheating or with someone else, even though they were no longer together. And not that it necessarily matters, but apparently it was, in fact, a relative of his. Her way of dealing with that was going to his house, allegedly, although there's documentation, uh, basically setting his place on fire. Then she messages him out in front of the house and basically as the law enforcement and as everything else is I called the fire department. Unfortunately, by the time they arrived, everything he owned, this guy says, uh, including all of his daughter's clothes, toys, shoes, everything, a total loss, gone. And uh, she reached out to him before that happened to basically say, I hope uh, that, you know, he's able to save something or that they're able to save his house. So she basically uh, snapped and, and uh, took his, uh, well, it changed his whole world. So I'm just wondering, have you danced with crazy? How, have you had a woman or a man in your life in a relationship situation do something like that? I mean, I, I had a woman that I, I casually dated. It wasn't even like a serious thing when I was a much younger guy. And, and uh, there was a misunderstanding. And uh, thankfully, she didn't burn the house of Sterling down. But she did end up at a party that uh, my friends and I went to. And, and uh, she was not happy that I arrived. She thought that I was uh, going to go see one girl. Who, oddly enough and coincidentally, same name as hers, first name. After uh, a weird scenario where we were supposed to get together, my car broke down. I called her. I was embarrassed. I'm like 16, 17 years old. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't make it. My car's all busted up. And, uh, you know, we can go out another time because, you know, I was embarrassed. And, and, uh, and then she shows up at the house after this other girl happened to just be nearby and, and showed up. And uh, she frowned on it. So then a week or so later at this party, she uh, decides when I'm there that she's very upset. There were a couple of uh, parties along the street at the same time. I think it was like senior year of high school. And uh, she grabbed a, a butcher knife out of uh, somebody's drawer of uh, implements and so forth, utensils, and then chased me uh, down the street. And thankfully, I was able to get away from her, didn't fall and end up a cautionary tale. She's healthy. She's happy. She's got a family of her own now. Uh, but for a moment, she was a little bit on the crazy side. 
Yeah, the correct. It was like some type of weird serial scenario, uh, like soap opera. Anyway, 513-749-7800, the big one. H- have you danced with crazy? Are you attracted to crazy? And what's the worst thing that's happened? Uh, hopefully nothing as bad as this Texas father who had his house burned down by a crazy girl. Uh, allegedly. I don't need a lawsuit. It's your Thursday, Sterling, 700 WLW. This is the game you've been waiting for. Touchdown! Joe Burrow and his 7-4 and four Bengals take on Patrick Mahomes and his 9-2 Chiefs. Showtime! The last time they battled, the Orange and Black stunned KC with an overtime victory. Will our Bengals do it again? Tune in and find yeah, out. Yeah. Dangerous Dan Hoard and Dave Latham have the call from the jungle. Coverage starts Sunday at noon on 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. I love mornings, which is a good thing. It's news and World Report. Visit simplysafe.com slash holiday to save big today. Advanced home security, 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Attorney Joe Cordell. You hear the phrase a lot this time of year, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. But holidays are not always happy, particularly for guys grappling with a divorce that they didn't choose. These men need more than the help of a good lawyer. They need the hope and encouragement of a good friend. Cordell and Cordell, 513-823-2020. Office in Florence, Kentucky and six offices throughout Ohio. 201 East 5th Street, Suite 1410, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45202. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. CordellCordell.com. Nine first morning forecast on the big one. Oh man, you got me with the top. Thank you, Alex. Hang on a minute. I'm just a little man from Texas. This makes me want to drink a little bit. Turn it up real loud. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, I guess I should do what I'm contracted to do. Uh, it, tonight, uh, clear skies down to 27. Tomorrow, warmer uh, and uh, a little bit of light rain to get into the weekend, unless you're already there with a, maybe a, a long weekend. And if that's the case, good for you. I'm not bitter. I'm just saying. High, middle 50s, low, about 50. Uh, chance of rain, about 75% of us going to see a taste. Uh, middle 50s uh, Saturday and the middle 40s come Sunday. Bengals, Chiefs. Paycor, big one, full-on coverage starting early. And uh, all through the day, you got uh, Chick Ludwig and Tim McGee, uh, post-game sports talk, and all over it like a two-ton heavy thing. That's what we do. Dr. Donna Schleich going to join us on the other side of your 1030 report, uh, talking about high-stakes uh, chess and uh, House Speaker issues and John Boehner in D.C. What does that mean? Is he going to take that job again, even though he's not in Congress officially? Can he do that? That's what some of the rumors are. We'll pick her brain on that and some other stuff going on in the world of, uh, well, uh, rail strikes and uh, politics and whatever else. And uh, later on, Marjorie Morrison from PsychHub.com. Uh, she's a boss co-founder there uh, dealing with mental health issues. It's a great resource, a hub. Uh, it's in the, sort of in the name uh, of getting uh, resources and education to be able to help those around us and maybe even ourselves and talk on veterans and suicide issues, too. So that's coming up in about uh, 40 minutes time, 45 minutes, give or take. So hang out. Uh, something else I want to get into because I oh, it's 30. I, I'm sorry. I, I should do the temperature. 30, your severe weather station, News Radio 700 WLW. All right. Uh, if you haven't already put uh, all your holiday lights up, uh, I'm very minimalist when it comes to it. Uh, but it's not because I'm afraid to, to climb uh, you know, the ladder to put them up. Uh, I know some people have a whole team of, of elves that they hire. They show up. They deck it out. And then they bounce. And then you can look, you know, sit back and go, yes, we did this. 
Uh, I've uh, got some relatives and some friends. Uh, one people, a group of people I know, I, I kid you not, I think they have eight or ten Christmas trees. And every, it's like the White House. There's like a different theme all over the place. It's like going to one of those Christmas stores uh, that is in vacation land that are open 24-7. Between the Christmas stores and the Halloween stores, there's a whole lot of decorating going on. Uh, and I, I was uh, made aware because uh, these people that I know, the half of their trees are alive, so there's a lot of watering, and to make sure uh, and uh, you know keep them from uh, drying out, so you don't end up a, a statistic and a highlight and something that uh, you know uh, Sean Gallagher or Sean McCormick talks about in news, because uh, you know, they get dry and they get brittle and they get uh, very flammable, and yeah, you don't want to you don't want to go up and, and smoke like that. Um, and the others of theirs are uh, you know like fake. Which, uh, I mean, they're real, they look like real trees, but they're artificial. That, that's the word. My mom always like, don't call it a fake tree. Uh, we had real Christmas trees. Then we had uh, artificial Christmas trees at the House of Sterling. And then we had the uh, Hanukkah bush because, uh, you know, I got a little of all of that going on in the family. And uh, we embrace all of it. Um, as a kid, I, I told this story before, and I usually save it and bring it out closer to Christmas, but I'll mention it. There was a time when the, the tree attacked my mother. Um, and it nearly killed her. Uh, there's there's a tease for future conversation and listening. I won't get into it now. Uh, but then we embraced the, the Hanukkah bush because it was shorter and it was a, not as much fall uh, to the ground if, in fact, trying to top the tree with uh, the star or any other decorations uh, to the hardwood floor. I was a young Sterling at the time and still somewhat traumatized. I can't tell that story but once a season. And the tonight is not the night, but just be aware it's coming. I bring this up, though, because apparently inflation leaves nothing untouched. Even though gas prices have seemingly gone down just a little bit in the last week to 10 days, Christmas trees uh, apparently uh, taken uh, the brunt of inflation as well. Uh, they're saying the tree growers around the country between gas and diesel and uh, inflation dealing with fertilizer, fertilizer prices, which much of which comes from the, the Ukraine. And, of course, uh, well, they're fighting uh, Russia, who's trying to take over. Uh, they say a third of Christmas tree growers uh, have said that their costs have increased at least by 16 uh, percent. And this is from the they have their own uh, tree board, their own. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's a. A lobbying group or whatever, but it's called the Real Christmas Tree Board. Maybe I have to get somebody on from there. They say that we should expect to see cost rise in, in some cases, 20, 30 percent, depending, which then leads me to something that could be a driver of conversation. How much do you pay for a Christmas tree or a Hanukkah bush or whatever uh, you want to call it? Uh, if you, whether it's a, a you know a reusable one, an artificial one, that, and that's another thing because you can prorate that over a period of time. Dollar cost averaging, you know what I mean? Uh, how many seasons will it last uh, compared to a live one where you get one shot and that's the end of it, and then you just uh, you know get it outside, get it recycled, or burn it in the backyard? <laughs> I've shared a little too much of my life, uh, but I'm wondering how much is too much? Hundred dollars, fifty dollars, twenty dollars? I remember as a, a kid working at the grocery barn. In uh, Christmas season, I would get sometimes away from working in the produce department and pushing carts, and then they would let me work with the Christmas tree people outside. So then I would help uh, grab the tree that is picked by the people. I would help load it up onto the car and tether it down, and, and then occasionally people would want to give me a tip. And I always felt weird and dirty trying to, you know, to take a tip from somebody. But as my manager there and the tree guy said, if they're offering you cash, take it, son, put it in your pocket, say thank you, and God bless them. And I, uh, and I appreciate that. So I'm wondering, if you haven't already got your tree or even if you have, if it's a real tree, 
what is the maximum you're willing to spend where you go, you know what, we'll ride it out this year? Uh, I mean, 100 bucks on one hand doesn't seem like a lot, but I think that might be kind of steep. I have an artificial one. Uh, the Hanukkah bush is real. That's in a pot. It just keeps getting bigger. And I, you know, put a little, like, you know, like a, what do you call that stuff that you got to keep away from the dogs and the cats, the tinsel, because they eat it. And then when it comes out, it's, it's stringing it. You ever see an animal try to drag its backside as they got like some, uh, you know, a ribbon or, or a tinsel out the butt? It's not cool. And it, I, I would imagine it hurts going out. So you got to watch that and the lights for that matter too. Have I, I shared too much, Alex? I, I, I think maybe I've, I'm just saying. Is $100 too much, never too much sharing? How much is too much to spend? 513-749-7800, the big one, at Sterling Radio on Twitter, 50 bucks, 75 Sean uh, Gallagher probably spends hundreds and hundreds of dollars on trees. He embraces the Christmas. He, he probably comes in here in a hat and those oversized uh, uh, balls uh, of joy and light, the, the decorations on the house. And I remember having a, I want to say, it was a buskin. It was a bagel from someplace in town when I was a little Sterling. That for decades, uh, probably thirty years, that my mom had, and she saved it. And she would always bring. She would, that's that bagel that I got you when I was a kid. When you were a kid, and I don't know where it is now. And I, uh, I don't think anyone ate it. I don't know if the, I mean, the dog may have tried to steal it and eat it several dogs ago. Have I shared too much? Probably. Anyway, quick break, come back. News time now. Sean Gallagher's like, dude, seriously? Yes, seriously. It was an old bagel, and, and we just hanging on the Christmas tree, and then also on the Hanukkah bush. We could shift back and forth. On the other side, we'll get dirt from uh, Dr. Donna Schlake from Wright State, Professor Emeritus, political science chair in the past of uh, this high-stakes uh, chess match, is the term I've uh, coined, and dealing about uh, rumors of John Boehner being in D.C. and maybe the next House Speaker again even though he's not actually officially in Congress. We'll make sense of that and a whole lot more with her help after the news on a Thursday Sterling. I'm glad you're here. 700 WLW. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. A Biden-Putin meeting? Well, it's open for discussion. With the 1030 Report, I'm Sean McCormick, breaking now. Before a state dinner with French President Macron earlier tonight, President Biden opened the door for a meeting with Russian President Putin, but only if there's discussion about ending the Ukraine war. ABC's Mary Bruce. Biden certainly isn't closing the door here. What he is doing, though, is sending Putin a very clear message about the parameters, saying he will only engage directly if Putin shows he is serious about ending this war, which so far he has not. Now, the French president is taking a different approach. He has said he plans to speak with Putin in the coming days. 
days, but both Macron and Biden have been firm. It is ultimately up to Ukraine to decide when to negotiate and when they are ready, they will have the full backing of NATO allies. Now the latest traffic and weather together. Uh, clear on all highways, no accidents. Uh, if you have any problems, give us a call at 421-6397. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Tonight we're going to see mostly cloudy skies, a low of 28. Friday, a slight chance of showers, cloudy at a high of 53. And Saturday, mostly sunny a high of 54. Radar is clear right now. It is currently 30 degrees. The Cincinnati Public School crisis team is going to be at Riverview East tomorrow. A response to Thursday's weapons threat at the school. Uh, CPS says a threat was made on campus, prompting SWAT to conduct a thorough search of the building. No weapon was found. And in college, basketball took double overtime, but NKU comes out on top, beating Youngstown State 77-73. Marquez uh, Warwick scores 30 points for the Norse. Our next update is at 11 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700 WLW. 700 WLW Cincinnati. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. 700 WLW, an iHeartRadio station. It's back. Flu season. Once again, it's that time of year when lots of people catch the flu. Like, uh, her time precious, insightful as well. Former head of political science, professor emeritus at Wright State University. Got to get Earl. I was asking about the Christmas tree. Earl, short on time. And Anderson, I got to ask. I was talking about Christmas trees and, and a shortage and, and jumped up inflation prices. Uh, it's not like uh, maybe a shortage of trees, but it just costs more to get them to market. How much is too much or the most that you play for, pay for a tree, Earl? About three. You like that idea? About three trees or three hundred dollars? No, free. F R E E. Like oh, free. free, free. Now, is that because you just decorate the one outside, or you're saying you heist a tree? Uh, no, no, no. You you got somebody you don't like, okay? Seriously. And they got a nice pine tree out front that looks like a Christmas tree, okay? <laughs> you put your hoodie on, your dark clothes, and your mask. Go over, cut it down, take it home, leave it in the stump for Christmas. Oh my. I, Earl, I feel kind of hate, a little hate coming through the phone there, but I, I, I guess there are worse things that people could do. That, that, that's just terrible, bad. Earl, thank you. Uh, Dr. Donna Schleck, that's uh, what a thing to follow. You wanted to heist people's trees. When I was a kid, I never understood and felt bad when they would lop the trees <laughs> off. And I remember watching like the, the Charlie Brown Christmas, and it was that poor little sickly tree that it was like, please give it some water. Give it some, it's too late. They, they hacked it down. And, uh, but, you know, the, the idea of uh, cutting a neighbor's tree down, that's just, that's dirty. That's bad. Would you do that? I, I would not do that. I, I'm, I'm trying to help get the neighborhood Luminaria going. Ah. Maybe he'll, uh, yeah. So it, it, it's the, the short days of the year, right? Yes. A lot of people like to put the lights on the trees inside and out. I say light it up. I'm all for it. It used to drive me crazy, but uh, I, I enjoy the lights much more than I, I do now. As former head of political science, Professor Emeritus now at Wright State University, Dr. Donald Schlake with Sterling on the big one. I appreciate you making time. Uh, there's a, a number of things I wanted to get to. Um, uh, one, John Boehner was seen in D.C. over the last day or two. Uh, two is a special master uh, that has been, uh, by an appellate court decision, taken out of the mix when it comes to investigation of documents at Mar-a-Lago, which is apparently what the DOJ wanted. And, and, uh, and maybe this is a good place to start. I know it's happened 18 times now. 
uh, Dr. Schleich, uh, rail strike averted as long as they keep working uh, in a legislative vote to keep them working and accepting a deal that they, in part anyway, agreed to. Um, this is a national security issue. It's happened before, as I just mentioned, uh, but certainly a serious thing when we talk about our, our stability, our economy, and everything else. This is a pretty big deal, yes? It's a huge deal for the economy. Uh, you know, the uh, Secretary of Transportation said, just for example, if there's a, a, a railroad strike, a lot of things like chlorine run you know, only by rail, industrial. That's how cities keep their, their water chlorinated. I mean, it could be a public health disaster, not to mention an economic disaster. You know, the, the, the agreement that they're going to be stuck with, at least, you know, for the time being, by, the, by this decision, averts a strike. It doesn't mean they can't continue to negotiate. Uh, as you know, about eight of the 12 unions that voted approved, um, but four didn't. So uh, it, it's time to continue the negotiating, but uh, it, 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 you know, I'm sure the president's going to sign the order tonight. Uh, this, this can't be allowed to happen. Okay. It, it was the right thing to do. It, it was clearly not the perfect deal, uh, but it, it did... Um, if they can continue to operate under the, these improved terms, but it's not to say they don't deserve better working conditions. The, you know, the, the stress on the workers with, with the, the precision staffing models that they use are, are, are extremely tough. I, I, always uh, thought it'd be, I always thought it'd be cool to work on the railroad, and it's changed a lot in my lifetime, but uh, it, it's still a shortage of workers, and we're as dependent upon it as we ever have been, though there has been some change uh, with that in parts of the country, and obviously trucking is a part of that, too. And and that's another tough job that's often very thankless. Uh, but but I have to say, Dr. Schleich, I mean, most of us, to be able to have a, a deal in front of us that says your, your salary is going to increase 20, 25 percent over the next couple of years, that's that's better than a kick to the gut, even though it's not necessarily everything that you want. It, it is, but, you know, scheduling is, is one of the big problems for truckers, right? They, they don't want to be on the road all the time. Can't be with family. It's, it's hard on, on your health. About a quarter of the freight in our country at least runs on rail, and it, it's, it's very cost-effective, much cheaper than burning diesel. So there were, there were a lot of good reasons, and for a president who, you know, likes to call himself a union guy, it, it was the necessary thing to do at this point to protect an economy Still a lot of people saying we may be heading into a recession. This is one thing that will guarantee the economy goes into recession. Can't, can't allow that to happen. Uh, that's the 18th time uh, the lawmakers have done this, and the president has signed that order. Um, and the last time, if I'm not mistaken, was Herbert Walker Bush in the early 90s. Is that accurate? That sounds correct. I didn't know there was going to be a test. Uh, no, I'm not. Um, that's your job. You, you would give the test. No, I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to navigate life and, and look to your insights and perspectives. No, no, no. There is no. You passed. It's a pass fail. Uh, uh, Dr. Donish, like as I mentioned, former uh, head of political science, Wright State professor emeritus with Sterling on the big one. Uh, the appellate court kicked back the order uh, by way of a request from the Department of Justice about the special master in regard to all those records at Mar-a-Lago. Yep. What does this yep. mean moving forward? This seems to be a pretty big deal with a short window of time. Is this investigation moves ahead and, and uh, what it means, obviously, from the lame duck to those being brought in to Congress after the new year? 
Yeah, that that appellate panel was judges appointed by Republicans, including uh, former President Trump, by the way. The bottom line of that decision, you and I should call it exactly what it was, Sterling. Nobody is above the law. If, if the FBI, the DOJ executes a lawful order, including a search warrant, carries it out lawfully, then you nobody has the right just because he's, say, a former president to halt the process and have a special master examine all of the evidence. No. Bottom line of the panel was, nope, nobody's above the law. Uh, the, uh, so the search warrants were lawful, they were executed lawfully, and the interference was bogus, and it has to be disbanded immediately. Looking forward to seeing how this plays out and get some of this uh, behind us so we can get to somewhat normalcy, whatever. Is there normal anymore? I mean, has every generation said that things have been irregular and abnormal when it comes to politics, governing in this nation? I mean, we were talking about, you know, insurrection stuff and conviction of uh, Oath Keepers in the last couple of days in in regard to uh, sedition issues. That's irregular. That doesn't happen every day. But will we get to normal at some point or is this just the new normal in the midst of all the other weirdness? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure you know, we, we, we will ever see quote-unquote normal, but I think, Sterling, we may be experiencing a little, already, a little nostalgia for the steady hand of Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I think there's that expectation. A lot of people it, just it vomited in their th- You know that, right? There's a whole lot of people right now, about half the country, who who've rightly or wrongly mischaracterization, misinformation or otherwise, just sort of a little bit like spit up in their mouths going, Whoa, don't say that. So we are in a weird divide place where it used to be that even if it was different party there was not such vitriol and hatred for one side or the other when you talk about her leadership or what could be kevin mccarthy or is what uh really a guy who done it before he's an ohio guy if i'm not mistaken from westchester uh john boehner he was in dc the last couple of days right Honestly, when, when I when I saw your note about John Boehner, I thought you might be pranking me. No, it's real. Because if you if you read his memoir, you know that he drew an absolutely straight line from the January sixth uh, violence to the Freedom Caucus and to President former President Trump himself. Right. So the idea that he could even potentially, I think he'd no more be a candidate for Speaker of the House than Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney. Um, no, I, 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 uh, I, I, he's, he's a very successful business person. My, my first guess would be he's lobbying for legal, you know, federal uh, legalization of marijuana because that's where his big investments are. Now, wait a minute, wait um, a minute. So I need to reach out to, to John Boehner to talk about legal weed issues. I wonder if he'd take my call and come on the show. I, I would hope so. It, it, it would be you know more economic stimulus for the state of Ohio. Many of our neighbors have already gone that way. You know what the trend is nationally. You know we're already behind Illinois and Michigan in that regard. But uh, no, in terms of Speaker of the House, you're right. I mean, Adam, uh, Mr. McCarthy has to go forward as if he's going to you know be elected. But I'm not that confident. Are you? I've, I've I, have, I don't have any five holdouts, hard holdouts in the house. I have no idea. There's so much deal making, uh, palm greasing and, and so much lobbying that goes back and forth. And it's all beyond my pay grade, uh, regardless now, of party. I, I just don't know. By the way, before we continue, Dr. Donna Schlakes, who we're talking to, former head of political science, professor emeritus from Wright State University was sterling on the big one. You were saying, I'm sorry. 
I was saying there was a beautiful thing that happened in, in Washington, D.C. that wasn't chaotic, and it was the first state dinner that happened. Uh, as you know, France was once again, uh, they were invited, President Macron, and uh, it was a celebration of a long, long enduring friendship, and I would say that something really important happened tonight. I think that uh, after his press conference with Macron this afternoon, I think Biden has basically said, this is going to be my key partner in Europe. Uh, you know, the Germans are missing Angela Merkel. Uh, Schultz is pretty quiet. The Brits have had so much turmoil in their country. And, um, I, you know, a lot of talk about Ukraine today and going forward. Big state dinner, a big friendship, you know, an enduring, enduring relationship, military, diplomatic, economic. They talked about it all climate change, you know, are we helping to American corporations too much in technology, et cetera. But it was one of those normal diplomatic conversations, even though the awful war in Ukraine was one of the leading topics. This was normal diplomacy. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, Senator Thune, I saw a few of them come through on C-SPAN. Uh, something very normal in our crazy world affairs and, and domestic politics situation happened tonight. They sat down for a formal state dinner, and um, it, it was so normal Sterling, it was so normal. I know it won't get much headline coverage. But, uh, so, <laughs> so another way, man, government very... working and diplomacy, you know, in the works here by our lawmakers, our representatives in D.C. and the world at that. When you mentioned Macron and in France, that seems to be the way it's supposed to be. But you say it wouldn't make headlines because it's not salacious enough. It's not crazy enough. That's disturbing. You think that really? It. It's just not. I, I I did a big Zoom talk today on on, on China. And, uh, you know, one of the comments was, you know, the Chinese have backed themselves into a terrible corner with the, the COVID zero and trying to ease off. But Which is different than Coke zero, by the way. Totally different thing. Totally different. Uh, but they're going to try to back off. And that means they, their vaccines haven't been good. Their elderly population is under vaccinated. They're going to have more deaths. No, it's a, uh, it's and they have this, these protests, protests, you know, with so much of a surveillance state in China. People, a lot of young people, but people turning up to protest, they have just been locked down too long. And that, you know, and they have challenged the state's authority in a way authoritarian states do not like to be challenged publicly. Most of it's been shut off from Western consumption. Well, most of it's um, been shut so off from them. I mean, let's be honest, the idea of people, power, coordination, peaceful protest, or maybe a little less than peaceful, depending. I mean, they're eyeballed all over the place. The idea of closed circuit television, we talk about speed cameras and stoplight, you know, red light cameras and, and how that's too much of an intrusion in many cases. There, they're literally watching you almost 24 7 uh and they've done a very good thing as far as the idea of big brother for want of a better way to prove it uh, or, or describe it is that they have somehow with a billion people or whatever it is that are in china in, in the territories clamped down it's amazing that the people and the power of the people to this point is at that level is this the future of change or are they you think able to continue on as they are loosening up just a little bit to satisfy the masses Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The loosening policy is official. Whether people will believe it or not, or if it can happen quickly enough, remains to be seen. Now, if you're going to be shopping for your iPhone at Christmas, you, know, you, you may start feeling the pinch because of the production. But, but think about it, Sterling. You lock people down. They can't go out. Unemployment in youth is about 20% right now. Now, this is the Communist Party, which has promised prosperity for everybody, right? Yep. They're letting the public down on the prosperity front. You lock people down, they don't have confidence that they'll be able to get food. People have been breaking out of these lockdowns going on all over the country. It's happening spontaneously. There's no sign that these protests have been coordinated in any way, but it is unexpected and 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 people are more than restless the concern that comes up of course is what do authoritarian states that are having some trouble at home do crack down sometimes they turn to some foreign policy adventure oh you mean like taiwan yeah or north korea but taiwan would probably be the one at the top of the list because nationalism is one of the threads that they'll probably try to you know pull on to 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 restore some semblance of order and to, to refocus public attention off COVID zero. But we, uh, this is what happens when you won't allow the foreign, but only foreigners to get the, the, uh, the MRA, MNR, MRNA vaccines. Um, it's, they have created a crisis completely of their own manufacturing. And, and we still own. don't, and we still don't know even all the details of, of exactly what happened as this whole uh, pandemic scenario and, and COVID-19 started. Dr. Donna Schleich, Professor Emeritus, former head of political science with Sterling on the big one. You, you know what's interesting to me, and, and we are a very young nation, and we've certainly been dealing with our own growing pains and divisiveness and hostilities and, and amongst ourselves, but generally, People want to be free. People want to be left alone to live the life that they want to live without intrusion and limitations as long as, you know, we can coexist in a situation like that. It is somewhat astounding that for the length of time that China and some of these other authoritarian type type of uh, locations around the world, they continue to be there. Uh, even to a great extent in Russia, in, in mentioning the idea of sharing information, uh, social media or otherwise, they don't have that situation uh, available to them. Here we can choose to look at, at misinformation and disinformation. There, there are very few, if any, other options. Uh, how long can that continue? And, and how has it continued so long? In, in short order, that's a tough question, but I, I have to ask. Well, and, and the Chinese find remarkable ways to protest. You saw the holding up the blank sheet of paper. Uh, you know, with the virtual private networks, they can shoot the videos, download them, post them on, on YouTube or someplace that only you can, you, and then they can bring, bring them back into China. You know, the censors will take them down. They keep putting them back up. And this is happening in so many sites. So many different people are uploading videos. They are out, they're outpacing what the, the AI and the censors can actually handle. So there, there is this, the sort of cyclone happening uh and at some point you wonder do they turn into a mobilized popular movement but you know sterling and in, in two other big authoritarian countries similar problems in iran the protests 
And also in Russia, the protests against the war have begun popping up. Uh, it, it's often the mothers and the widows, you know, asking for some accounting, but in, in, in increasingly, and people find a way to get the story out. Um, it's, it, it's worth a lot of concern when things hit a, hit a breaking point, particularly in Russia. Uh, Biden had a lot to say about Russia. So did Macron today. It, we, we appear to be on the same page. It, it sets the stage, doesn't it, for a, an argument with the House of Representatives about support for, you know, continuing support for that effort, especially as folks are facing such a cold and dark winter in Ukraine. Yeah. What, 30, 50 percent of the country without power right now? Yeah, not good. It, People hungry, people cold. Good. No, it's, it's a very scary time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about our cost of gas and a lot of other stuff, too. Uh, it's very much a challenge. Great insights, great conversation. I appreciate you making time uh, and helping us understand a little bit better uh, about what's going on and how it matters to us here in the tri-state. Uh, Dr. Donna uh, Schleyek, Wright State University, Professor Emeritus, former head of political science. And, and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, and I appreciate you making time. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Sterling. Take care of yourself. Quick break. Come back. Uh, you got your 11 o'clock report. We'll talk on uh, veterans issues, uh, mental health, and more with Marjorie Ma- uh, Morrison from PsychHub on the other side. More Sterling. 700 WLW Cincinnati. People have always craved entertainment. During the Spanish Inquisition, Dungeon Guards would hold Tuesday night trivia contests. Your question, who carved Statue of David? Which was great fun, as long as you got the answer right. Who's David? Penalties! Ow, that hurts! Today, we have something better. Eddie Fingers and Rocky Boyman. They're very entertaining and rarely resort to trivia. Eddie and Rocky, tomorrow afternoon at 3 on 700 WL. Here we are, fine Thursday night, Sterling, 700 WLW, a woman we've talked to on numerous occasions from one situation to another. She is uh, a boss, effectively, a co-founder of PsychHub, uh, along with uh, Patrick Kennedy, Marjorie Morrison. She's also the CEO. Welcome back to 700 WLW. Uh, you deal with uh, issues of mental health, and uh, I figured this was a good time with the holidays and uh, news not far from me uh, where someone uh, decided to take a, a very permanent uh, solution to a temporary problem and committed suicide. And recently have seen some numbers dealing with VA issues as well. It had been higher, but uh, talking off the air, he sort of made allusion to maybe they're doing something a little bit better than the general population when it comes to mental health stuff. Well, first of all, Sterling, thank you so much for having me. It's always so good to talk with you, and I appreciate that we've been able to stay in touch over the years. And I appreciate your interest in in these topics, right? They're hard topics to talk about, but um, boy, have and so that they don't progress and you get to a point where you feel like there are no options and then actively feel suicidal or, you know, in the worst case, actually become suicidal and take your life. So, um, so yeah, it is interesting because as you and I first met when I was working, you know, primarily in the military veteran space, suicides um, were a very, a huge concern. And the VA and the DOD put a tremendous amount of effort into addressing it in suicide prevention efforts. And um, you know what, under the circumstances of where we are today in the general public, um, veteran suicide is actually um, is doing better. It's actually trending downward. Um, so that's you know now one thing that's unfortunate to know is that it takes many years. So we have twenty, and I don't really understand that. It drives me crazy. We have twenty twenty stats right now for t- <laughs> towards the end of twenty twenty two. That's timely. Veteran suicide. 
Yeah, exactly, right? But veteran um, suicides were actually down. They were, we had 343 fewer um, in 2020 than 2019, which is not good because there were still over 6,100 veterans that took their life in suicide. So the number is still very high, but the numbers trending down where when you compare that to the general public, um, suicide rates are going up pretty much in every demographic. Um, but men are dying by suicide at a, just under 4% uh, or 3.88x more than women. So, uh, you know, we have the highest, do you want to guess what the highest rate of suicide is? Uh, at this point, I'd say uh, adolescence. It is middle-aged white men are the highest rate right now. Fascinating, right? Because I think we all, adolescence, it is very high. So about 70% of all suicides um, in 2020 were from white males. And what is and, the idea behind that? Is that stresses for society? Is that lack of, of willingness to get help or in, in, in access to help issues? Or is it the pandemic? I mean, there's a lot of layers to what's going on. And, and I know a lot of these stresses continue with crime and, and other problems societally, socially, uh, be, because of uh, all, all of the, the issues associated with pandemic. Yeah, I think it's everything, everything that you said. And I, I, you know, unfortunately, like any suicide, it's not, it's not one thing. Um, it can be a lot of things. You know, interestingly, firearms accounted for 52, over 52% of suicides. So I think you can also probably make a correlation that, um, and I'm generalizing here, but that men are more likely to have firearms than women. Although, you know, I do know women that have also died by firearms, so it's not a all or nothing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot of things. And I think what's the most disheartening about all of this, because it is so difficult to wrap our, wrap our heads around and as parents, you know, just as, as people who, you know, we love our loved ones. And when this happens, you just, you're so exacerbated, but there's so many deaths and things that we don't even really know about that are from really very reckless behavior that could lead to, you know, a, a death, but we don't count it as a suicide. Like, for example, if I go out and I get really drunk and I get in my car and I crash into a brick wall, it's a, you know, a drunk driving incident. But how much, you know, how much was my lack of, of value of my life or not wanting to be here, that reckless behavior? You know, and I, I think it's really hard for us to quantify things like that. So that's, you know, another consideration to think about. I think it is. Marjorie Morrison from uh, Psych Hub uh, with Sterling, 700 WLW. In, in the midst of this, th that is that, that quick headline grabbing, uh, viscerally effective idea of someone using that handgun or hanging themselves or mm -hmm. overdosing. But there's a lot of with deliberate intent, but there's that slow grind that people do. You mentioned lifestyle and abusing themselves and in, in, in a depressive state or otherwise not able to get out of it. Do you think the military's improvement is because they have an organization there and an infrastructure to be able to reach out to direct people if, in fact, they need help and it's identified compared to the general population where it's up to us and maybe we go get help, maybe we don't, maybe somebody notices or maybe we just turn our head and, and don't want to think about it because we're all preoccupied? I think it's such a good question, Sterling. I think a lot of it has to do with like centralized messaging and getting messaging to people at the right time. And, you know, when it comes to the military and it comes from, you know, comes from the VA and veteran space, they are 
they tend to be groups that stay together, right? They've served together, they've stayed together, they tend to be community type of people. And so, you know, some of the, what we're seeing now is probably the effects of all of that work that has been done with being a buddy and signs to look for and how to support those around you so that, you know, you can kind of see down the road that that can pay off. It's harder in the general public because not all of us belong to different, you know, to groups and to kind of get that type of messaging. You know, we just recently launched here in the U.S. the 988, which is one phone number where people could call. I think that the biggest issue is, is that when people are struggling so many times, they're struggling in silence and we don't, and we don't know. We are, you know, we're unclear on, um, you know, is that somebody who has been saying that they were going to take their life and um, perhaps, you know, like threatening it, but then they actually do it. I mean, the situation, when you look at the statistics um, about suicides from, you know, younger ages, uh, it's really sad when you see the age group of um, 15 to 24 year olds, as that's now jumping up, um, you know, to higher amounts, higher levels than we've ever seen before. So it's, it's really, really scary when we think about it. Um, the, you know, that we're looking at a, a real issue that needs to be dealt with really at every age group. Um, and I got to say, on the other side of that, Sterling, it's really hard when you have someone who you're worrying, like you're worried about, right? There's this sense of life can't be perfect and we're all going to go through hard times and bad things are going to happen and we're going to get through them and we're going to be resilient. But, you know, parents worry like, oh, what if my child takes their life or, you know, things like that. So it's this fine line between being overly concerned and not being concerned enough. So... And it's a tough you know, spot. Yeah. yeah, it is. Where I sit at PsychHub, you know, we're mental health education and connection platform is get educated. Our YouTube channel, um, the PsychHub YouTube channel averages about close to about a million views a month. Wow. We have so many free videos on there. So I would tell all your listeners, get educated. We have hundreds and hundreds of um, videos on there and so many around suicide. And so you can get educated on what to say to people, what to look for, understand it more. The key is for all of us to get educated so we can be on the front end of this. It's a difficult thing when you mentioned the adolescence, and I, and I alluded to it early in the conversation. Marjorie Morrison, by the way, she's a co-founder of CEO of PsychHub, uh, deals with uh, mental health resources and uh, options uh, for us to be able to get more information. She just alluded to YouTube or, or their website, uh, psychhub.com. Uh, I, I, I'm curious here. When it comes to adolescence and so forth, it's already an odd time because, you know, you, you can sulk, you, all those things about growing up and not being understood, figuring out who you are and, and navigating that as a parent can be challenging, let alone being, you know, a, a kid growing up at that point, even into your early 20s. There's a lot to deal with. When you have a, a resource such as PsychHub, for those who don't know, whether it's parents, someone who's struggling or otherwise, can you sort of in, in short order, because we're just about out of time, break down what resources are there and how it can be a benefit? Because it's not just necessary issues of suicide. It's quality of life and mental health right. uh, to try to live better in general. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Thank you for that question. So we have a couple of different things. Um, for our free content, like I said, we have hundreds and hundreds of short videos, two to three minutes that address all kinds of different topics in mental health. And you can access those on our YouTube channel. Um, on our platform on PsychHub, we have our Mental Health Ally certification. And it's um, it's a series of 10 courses and on our platform, which also has over a thousand kind of educational assets inside it. But of those 10 courses, there's two around mental health competency, one on substance use, but there is one on suicide prevention, understanding suicidal behavior, what it is, what it isn't, why it happens. And then there's one that we call safety planning, which is actually what do you say and do to someone that might be suicidal. So it really gives you those talking points, what things to say, what not to say, goes much more into depth. And then we do a couple, there's a couple um, courses around diversity and mental health and you know, not diversity, just color, but diversity in, in gender and in size and in clothing and in even geography. So really looking at what kind of our unconscious bias that we bring and then there's what to do in a crisis and a mental health crisis because that's the other problem is so many times when we're in the moment, we don't know what to do. So if you want to dig in and learn, we have courses for you. If you want to have, just get some short, quick, um, you know, learn about things on our, our YouTube channel. You can go there too. And we also, we run some podcasts. We actually just launched a new podcast today called Coming Back Better and at PsychUp in partnership with Columbia University, um, Department of Psychiatry and HCA Healthcare. And uh, it's really looking at like lessons that we've learned in um, COVID and how do we how do we take those and make it better? So we have all kinds, uh, Patrick and I run a podcast called The Future of Mental Health where we talk to all these experts and talk about the ways to get better. So we have a lot of content. I'm a big believer, Sterling, is we need informed consumers with mental health. The more people can get educated, the more that they can know about what they want and what they need, the better we'll, we'll, we can be for ourselves and for those around us. I think we've come a long way in eliminating a lot of the stigma that it used to be where you had the crazy uncle upstairs and that nobody really <laughs> talked about or couldn't see. And, you know, but there's still this idea of stoicism and that idea of you know not talking about it, especially as a man, but sometimes as a woman too. There are a lot of layers to it. I think what you do is very important. It's a great resource, and I appreciate you making time and uh, giving us some insight and perspective, especially with so much else going on. Marjorie Morrison, CEO, co-founder, PsychHub with Sterling on the big one. Thanks very much. Much. I hope you have a great holiday season. Thank you, Sterling. Great to talk to you again. Remember, the suicide crisis lifeline is 988. Sterling, back in a minute. Not done yet. 700 WLW. Sure, you'd love a week-long tropical vacation at a five-star resort, but you don't have the money. Well, what if you didn't need any? 
Explore the fascinating lifestyle of a professional drug mule. Sometimes things don't seem quite right. We'll teach you the tricks of the trade. Visit our website, justmulefull.com. And that's when you need a little Scott Sloan common sense. I face the same problems you do. So let's talk about them and have a little fun along the way. Check out Sloney tomorrow morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Scott Sloan here. If you're a business owner, listen for a second. You got your trucking network if you are challenged when it comes to the acronym following the midnight report. Sean McCormick uh, delivering the 1130 news in about four minutes and 50 seconds if you're keeping score at home. I I know Alex Egan, who produces the show tonight, uh, he's keeping stories like, damn it, Sterling, can you just be on time? That's all I ask twice an hour for the news, top and bottom. I can do it. Nine first warning forecast on the big one now. Clear tonight down to about 27 uh, warming up a little bit, mid-50s for our Friday, a little bit of rain in and around the tri-state. Uh, low, just 50, stays nice, 55. Saturday, 44. Sunday, it's a late game afternoon kickoff for the the Who Day at home at Paycor. Bengals hosting Chiefs in a, a rematch of uh, postseason action last year as the Bengals took care of uh, Mahomes and company and sent the, the Chiefs home on vacation. Bengals ended up in L.A. for the Super Bowl. Didn't go in the winning column for them, but just the same, they're marching their way back. Seven and four Bengals. Chiefs, nine and two. They get it at it here on the big one and full on coverage starting early. Nine a.m. all through the day. Box Miller, Chick Ludwig, Tim McGee. Uh, it's uh, looking, I'm looking, it's a, it's a good game. I think I'm pretty excited. I did something last night I've never really done. Uh, Lance has talked about it regularly. Uh, and it's not like I have to watch game tape to figure out exactly how I need to go about my business. But last night, I watched last week's Bengals-Titans game for a second time. Uh, I was doing some work. I'm at the desk, got the, the TV on, and uh, I could have watched it on demand because it's, it's there uh, recorded. But it like started. I heard the tease for it to be like coming on. And I, I just sat there, and uh, I, I watched. And I kind of knew what was coming. But it just looked those like those guys, I mean, for a work trip and a victorious circumstance and the defense doing what they got to do and uh, seeing a whole uh, P. Ryan go to work and, and seeing all that offensive, uh, you know, uh, weaponry. Uh, you got Chase with the hip and, and uh, mixing out with the concussion issue, and we'll see exactly what happens come Sunday. But everybody else stepping up and doing what they had to do to get a win in Nashville again, as they did in last year's division playoff game. Uh, it was good for uh, the, the Bengals. Uh, I was loving it. Um, and I, I watched it again. I don't know if that means I've got a sickness, if I've uh, drank the Kool-Aid, but uh, I'm in it. And uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday afternoon. Earlier, Thursday night football, Bengals Mafia, Sloney probably happy as well. On the road, Buffalo in New England, Boston uh, area. Friends of mine in that game right now. Uh, they were anyway. They're Patriots fans. Didn't go their way, even though they were wearing the old school uniforms. And I remember as a kid when they, they had those and uh, it's like sort of when the Tampa Bay and the, the Buccaneers were horrible, but they had cool, ugly, pseudo-ugly unis. I was all about it. I'm all for the underdog. Uh, but it didn't go away. The Patriots go away tonight. Six and six they are now, nine and three uh, Bills. And uh, could be a future uh, looking at Bills and Bengals down the line. Uh, and we'll see how that plays. Anyway, uh, other stuff to do. I, I want to sort of set this up. I, I think we can have uh, a little bit of fun here. Um, with a few things, but this is some serious stuff. You'll hear more about it in the news with Sean McCormick. Uh, all clear at Riverview East Academy uh, earlier today, there was a report of what they thought to be maybe an armed uh, suspect around the school. So they locked it down. Cincinnati police uh, show up. 
they come in, SWAT team, taking a look, uh, making sure that there's no danger. Uh, they didn't find a weapon, uh, no danger at the school, no threat that they have. Um, and, and, you know, it was something, uh, social media or otherwise, uh, and some type of, of beef that, that turned into something else at Hamilton High School. But uh, I guess the thing is, when I was a kid and you didn't want to take a test, if I was, and I never did this, but I knew some kids in one of the five high schools I went to, uh, they would just pull a fire alarm and bail out. And then that way they didn't have to because they weren't prepared for their exam. They'd, they'd just bounce. And then all of us ended up having to go outside and get lined up unless you left for the rest of the day, which I may or may not, I can either confirm nor deny, may have done. But in today's world, with school shootings seemingly happening, uh, what, monthly, give or take, the pandemic sort of locked that down in another way. We didn't have as much of them. Hamilton High School, he had a 16-year-old uh, student taken into custody yesterday, had a loaded weapon, a handgun, semi-automatic, in the school, um, the Hamilton uh, City School District, uh, talk about this. Um, they, they got in that notice. School resource officer immediately t- started sniffing around, found it, and uh, apparently uh, that was quashed too. I, I mean, you get these type of threats. You have somebody come in there like that. You can't just smack a hand and be like, oh, it, you know, it's no big deal. I mean, too many kids end up in body bags and families destroyed as a result of it. And, and uh, even if it's just to get out of a test or something, there has to be some severe penalty. Uh, for that. I mean, you know, I'm not talking jail and prison, but I mean, it can't just be like, oh, boys are going to be boys. I mean, there's too much at risk and, and the possibility of, of volatility with, uh, you know, the rush of law enforcement to make sure everybody's safe. It's a dangerous circumstance. Uh, Sean McCormick's got your 1130 report. We'll come back. Uh, there's more to do, including gas buddy uh, boss uh, Patrick Ahan going to join us. We'll talk a little bit with ATN in the distance uh, about the cost of gas, petroleum products and diesel which has been outrageously high, and we're all paying the cost. Coming up, more Sterling on the other side. 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW. Cincinnati. Ten California middle school students overdose. With the 1130 Report, I'm Sean McCormick. Breaking now, 10 students at Los Angeles's Van Nuys Middle School are recovering after a reported mass overdose on campus Thursday. Officials believe they had some type of marijuana product. ABC's senior national correspondent Matt Gutman reports from Los Angeles. The victims between the ages of 12 and 15, seven transported to area hospitals and concerned parents waiting nervously, others trying to take their kids home. One parent who just pulled her daughter from that middle school, telling us her child was offered drugs by another student while she was there. We asked her about her reaction to the news that 10 students may have suffered possible overdoses. I am not surprised. It's devastating, but I'm not surprised. Now the latest traffic and weather together. The ramp to U.S. 50 uh, State Route 264 East to 7175 uh, South is closed for repairs, as is the ramp from I-75 South to 2nd Street West uh, closed at I-75 South because of repairs. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio 700 WLW. Heading into Friday morning, it's increasing clouds. A 7 a.m. temperature of 29. The rest of our Friday then, clouds and windy and an afternoon chance of rain. A high of 53. At night, rain develops and continues into Saturday early, a low of 49. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh. News Radio 700 WLW. 
Radar is clear. It's currently 29 degrees. Cincinnati Police Chief Teresa Thiechi says an incident Thursday at Riverview East Academy seems to have been a spillover from a student conflict the day before. A call came in around noon to police about a potentially armed suspect inside the school. CPS school enacted a lockdown. SWAT team uh, performed a thorough search. No weapon was found. Thiechi says the individuals police were looking for were found off campus and police will be speaking with them. NFL Thursday night football. The Buffalo Bills handled the New England Patriots rather easily. 24 to 10. The Bills are now 9 and 3. The Patriots at 6 and 6. Our next update is at 12 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick. News Radio 700 WLW. Hi, I'm Dana Schwartz, host of the hit podcast Noble Blood. Join me on my new podcast, Stealing Superman. Back again tomorrow night, Saturday afternoon. A little extra time on a Thursday. Glad you're here. Dan Carroll may be in for Willie tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there you go. So uh, this is normally his time. Because of the, the, was it the midweek uh, crisis, which uh, he apparently calms everyone with the crisis, or he brings the crisis. I'm not yet sure, but my, my brother Dan tomorrow morning in for Willie. I, I'm, I'm not uh, causing problems uh, the way Ken Brew likes to say. Just try to make sense of the world, maybe a little fun in the midst of it. Uh, That's not funny, but kind of funny. But very disturbing. And I don't know what you did as a kid to uh, get hopped up, uh, you know, drinking, uh, partying, smoking dope, whatever it was. I, it, people doing that now. It's relatively uh, legal or uh, certainly in many ways uh, decriminalized, not like it used to be, unless you're moving big weight uh, and trading it in like big time black market scenarios. Uh, you heard the news about the uh, guns uh, Hamilton High School. You heard earlier about the Riverview East Academy issue and the, the threats. Uh, that had been uh, shared, and then uh, the lockdown and SWAT showing up from Cincinnati police trying to, to get to the bottom of that and keep the kids safe. In Los Angeles, 10 students at a uh, middle school there in the San Fernando Valley, they say uh, apparently overdosed on cannabis edibles, which, uh, first of all, 12 to 15, that's like, what, seventh grade to maybe freshman year high school, middle school, I guess is what that plays out to be, right? Seven, eight, nine year uh, grades. And uh, they apparently got all the uh, the edibles from one source. Initially, they thought it might have been an opioid overdose situation, and they were concerned they might have to stick them with some naloxone or, or something like that to keep them alive. Uh, healthcare providers, firefighters there searching the campus to make sure nobody else was hopped up or ill in this case, uh, taking sick or, or possibly worse in the fear factor, of course, of loss of life. Thankfully, that was not fentanyl. Uh, it wasn't anything like that, uh, but they believe it was uh, cannabis edibles. And, and then I, I'm trying to think, where does a kid get that? Uh, maybe an older sibling? Uh, maybe they went in some place where they're, I mean, I don't know, people were smoking weed when I was a kid in middle school and high school. I, I of course, wasn't until maybe later sampling for for show prep purposes, to, you know what I'm saying? And you don't want to drive high or drunk or anything else like that, obviously. Uh, but, you know, you got to act like you've been there before. Uh, and uh, certainly in class in this situation, apparently they were all acting, uh, <laughs> make sure I show how this was described. And it's really not funny at all. Uh, they said they got a call around 10.30 a.m., Van Nuys Middle School in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, Ten students sick. They weren't sure exactly what was calling, uh, causing it. They said they were acting weird, tired, and high. So uh, apparently they were probably laughing, 
uh, couldn't hardly keep away. I, I guess they had too much uh, of the, the edible. I don't know if it was a, a gummy bear or some type of candy, cough drop, whatever, uh, you know, whatever it is. I mean, some of that uh, psychoactive uh, drug in a minimal case now is available at a lot of smoke shops around Ohio, even though it's not, uh, you know, at a higher level like you would get at the, the you know, the, the weed store for medicinal purposes. The question about it being one of those things for recreational use. I guess the question I have, and it comes down to alcohol, too. I mean, when I was a, a teenager, I'll own up to this and it was totally wrong and, 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 and just horrible. Uh, we didn't drive and drink. But my friends and I, we knew where you could get the drinks, right? We knew which drive through would sell if you just acted like you were supposed to be there. We knew the grocery store that if you, you know, you would eyeball who was working the register and, and you know, somebody would grab a six pack or whatever it was and, and you'd go in and just try to, to play it off. Some people were receptive. Some people weren't. They'd say, nah, baby, you're not getting this. You're too young. And then in some cases, you know, you, you'd maybe... Give somebody some money. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And maybe, you you know, they take a premium for going inside and getting you your booze or whatever. Not appropriate. Not right. At 12 years old, I was not thinking about any of that. Not till high school even. And even then, as amateurs, I mean, you're sort of trying to figure it out. I'm wondering how young you were the first time you got high. The first time you were drinking, and if at all, going to school or drinking, you know, doing drugs or something along those lines. I mean, that's a, that's a scary situation. And I'm not making light of it at all. I mean, it, it's devastating. It could have been very much a, a much more serious thing. And, and as we know, uh, with the, the issues of fentanyl lace products, highly addictive, uh, certainly potentially uh, deadly product uh, that is apparently being put in a lot of things, which I don't understand as a drug dealer why you take a chance on killing your customer. Uh, but it, it's happening. Um I don't know. I'm I'm thankful at this point that I don't have any little sterling or sterlingettes of my own to worry about. But it's a concern to my friends and family and anybody else out there. How do you deal with that, that type of conversation? And it's something as innocuous as a piece of candy. And and you don't know what you're getting. And you're supposed to be in school learning. At least I I guess it was better that they did it in school rather than skipping and ending up in somebody's basement or family room when the parents were at work or away. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big ones get dug here before the break. It's your turn with Sterling on the big one. How are you? Hey, how's it going, Sterling? It's good, man. It's very scary to think that many kids. I mean, and they were afraid they had overdosed on fentanyl or something. That could have been really much more catastrophic. Right, right. Well, I've been a high school volleyball coach over the years at various high schools, and I was coaching at one on the north end of town, just past the bypass. Mm-hmm. I won't say exactly which one, but uh, 
had a JV squad. Okay. And coming out of tryouts, I had that one girl I was going to either cut or keep, like bubble girl. And I ended up keeping her on the team, and she came up to me later on. And I, I think a lot of young people can't talk to their parents or something. They'll, they'll find somebody to get comfortable with that they can talk with. And she came up to me and she said, uh, you know, Coach, I'm, I'm glad you kept me on the team. Um, I needed a new set of friends, the, the people I was hanging out with. We were already, and, and this is ninth and 10th graders. This is an incoming ninth grader. She goes, the people I was hanging out with, we were already experimenting with alcohol, drugs, and sex. And I'm like, what? Yep. As sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Why? I did. I it caught me way off guard. I, I can't. Uh, it's it's hard to process. Uh, and Doug, I appreciate the call. I, I don't know. Did you ever see the movie Kids? I think uh, Doug thought I was done with him. I, I had another question, but that's all right though. There was a movie that came out in the middle nineties. Uh, let me look it up here. It's called Kids, and it's a really good movie. And and it was sort of the the start of. Uh, Rosario Dawson's career and a number of other people who have gone on to do uh, a a bunch of other things. But it really showed these kids around New York City that were really, really um, young, partying hard. Like I I can't imagine from from whippets to weed to to all kinds of other stuff and just sort of uh, roaming around and doing stuff that really seemed more like late high school, even probably college uh, party scenarios or whatever else, which is hard for me to to practice. 1995, the movie uh, Kids. And, and uh, Chloe S- Savagne, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, really incredible cast of some people who have gone on to do a lot of uh, serious things. And it's almost like a, a cautionary tale and some really bad stuff that happened to it. It has an incredible musical soundtrack, by the way. Uh, if you get a chance and if you haven't heard it or seen it, uh, the movie, Larry Clark is the guy who's uh, sort of behind the film. He's done a bunch of other stuff. But that was one of those movies. And, and I'm in, you know, at that point, I'm like 20, 22 years old, whatever it was when I saw it. And, and uh, I uh, I was shaken by it. And, and I, as much as I have been around some things that I was, you know, and touched my toe in the water of craziness, I realized how wholesome and innocent and naive to the ways of the world that I was Hell, I probably still am now that I think about it. But if you get a chance and you want to see something that jars your mind and your soul and you start thinking about your kids, uh, aside from regular news, check out the movie Kids uh, that came out in 95. I don't know where it's streaming, if you have to buy it or whatever else, but it, it's definitely worth your time. And you probably don't want to set your kids in front of it until you see it first. Uh, coming up on the other side of uh, this break, take care of some commerce. Conversation I had earlier with the guy who's the head of petroleum analysis for GasBuddy.com. He's Patrick uh, DeHaan. I've had him on the show before. He has great perspective and insight as we are about ready to roll into America's Truck and Network with Kevin Gordon. The thought of uh, higher prices that have been being dealt with for a long time passed on to us when it comes to diesel, gas prices, and, and all the geopolitical stuff associated with uh, gas and petroleum. He has the dirt. We'll get into his head on the other side to try to make sense of what the future may hold for all of us when it comes to inflation and a whole bunch more sterling straight away. 700 WLW. Hey kids, it's time for another story from Uncle Willie's Big Book of Great Americans. Today, Perry Spencer, who invented the microwave oven by accident. Perry was making changes to a radar Megatron when he broke for lunch. He discovered the peanut butter bar in his pocket had melted. Curious, he put an egg near the device and it exploded. His tinkering had created 
the microwave oven. So the next time you burn some popcorn in a microwave, thank Perry Spencer, a great American like me. You can be a great American, too. Listen to Bill Cunningham tomorrow at 12 noon on 700 WLW. There's no gift that's more beautiful, more versatile, or more meaningful than a beautiful piece of jewelry gifted from the heart. And back on 700 WLW, knowing when to gas up, what it's going to cost to fill it up to get where you need to go to take the kids to school, go to work, handle your business, and uh, the cost of fuel and everything else related because of diesel costs, geopolitics and war in Ukraine, supply chain issues and leases used or not leased uh, and used by big oil and to the misinformation and disinformation associated with it. There's a lot of variables and a guy who knows about all of this from GasBuddy.com, the head of petroleum analysis, Patrick DeHaan. Welcome back to 700 WLW with Sterling. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Finally get to talk about falling prices. Uh, Correct. Uh, How long will we be discussing falling prices as we go into winter and an ongoing issue with uh, international supply? Well, you know, I want to be a little cautious, but it looks like this could last another couple of weeks, if not a little longer. Um, While we're here, uh, there are some concerns. Uh, There's been a lot said about China in recent days, uh, shutting down their economy because of COVID and, of course, protests that have developed could eventually cause China to change its COVID zero stance. Uh, Much of the reason why oil prices have been plummeting in the last couple of weeks has to do with China clamping down, restricting movements, which curbs consumption of oil in their country. And a reversal uh, uh, could certainly boost prices back up. But for now, let's talk about the good. Uh, Average gas prices uh, down about 10 cents a gallon in the last week across Cincinnati. And some stations getting very close uh, to falling under three dollars a gallon. Uh, in the midst of this uh, time, going back into a more holiday travel season, the next couple of weeks, we talk about the the issue with China, and, and effectively, our, our prices have risen because of uh, econ- economy that's been growing and, and doing better than it had been during the pandemic. I would think overall, and how much of that is maybe a part of instability with the uh, Russia supply and in Europe with Ukraine. Well, I mean, there's been a lot uh, of changes here um, over the last, uh, you know, six to 12 months. A lot of it really still because of things like COVID and Russia's war in Ukraine, COVID shutting down oil production, uh, which has caused prices to spike, but also refineries that in some cases permanently shut down because of of COVID. That and then we kind of saw the economy going the other direction heating back up and then Russia invading Ukraine and Russia is one of the world's largest oil producers. So it's been a very uh, much a bumpy ride this year, roller coaster ride. Uh, But ultimately, a lot of Russia's oil is still making it to the market. And that's why oil prices have cooled off since hitting their peak in March is because Russia has found ways to still export oil. So for now, seasonality has taken over. Gas prices falling as demand falls and also being enhanced by China's COVID stance. In addition, refineries are still processing at extremely high rates for this time of year, and that's all pushed prices down and could lead to prices declining another few weeks, if not longer. Head of Petroleum Analysis for GasBuddy.com, Patrick DeHaan, with Sterling on the big one. In the, in the midst of this talk, the last couple of days, the White House or, or someone from the administration, not the White House itself, uh, came out and mentioned, obviously, uh, opening up some markets where we previously, with Maduro, had not exactly allowed commerce to move ahead and, and imports or their exports of oil products to the U.S. 
they say it's not really going to significantly affect cost and supply here stateside. Where do we stand? We still have major issues with diesel, uh, though you mentioned supply and, and obviously not a change in blends for seasonal uh, adjustments and uh, issues of the environment here stateside, at least for a couple more months, I'm thinking, yes? Well, I, I, you know, there's been a lot, of course, of, uh, of, of changes. Um, you mentioned uh, Venezuela there. Um, I think the administration, you know, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's been a, a tough decision. Venezuela uh, and Maduro, um, you know, have, have long basically um, been a corrupt institution. And I think the U.S. is maybe looking uh, beyond its own borders for oil simply because of, of how it would backfire on the president to reverse some of his economic uh, agenda. Uh, excuse me, his environmental agenda to allow oil companies to produce more here. Um, So it's a fine line. But ultimately, I think uh, allowing Venezuela to export more oil, um, you know, there may be a change in tune there from Maduro. Uh, There may be something in it for the U.S. as well. So I don't think it's going to move the needle a whole lot. But uh, ahead of uh, the EU cutting off Russia's oil or sanctioning their oil on December 5th, potentially, it's still – uh, could be a psychological difference in, if the market knows that uh, there could be more oil coming from countries like uh, Venezuela. Talking to Patrick DeHaan, he's the head of petroleum analysis at GasBuddy.com with Sterling on the big one. Uh, something else that came up recently is the fact, and you'd mentioned it, the fact that Russia is a massive supplier of petroleum uh, for the world. Uh, and they have been affected by embargo and, and uh, lots of constraints because of the, the conflict in, their, uh, in Ukraine and from the U.S. sort of leading the way. Uh, they're still selling oil. Uh, they're trying to limit the amount of money they get uh, for that oil product that they're uh, selling at some point. Um, and there's apparently a black market with that, which I hadn't really thought much of. H- how does one, once it's at sea, really control it? If I mean, it's out there and available. Anybody who can get their hands on it is going to do it because, I mean, it's life and death for a lot of people. Ask Ukraine right now in the winter. Well, yeah, exactly right. Um, You know, and this is one part of the equation moving forward that kind of is something that can still affect oil markets significantly. I mean, Russia has has promised a response if this EU price cap uh, is put in place and if it's effective. So, you know, the next few months, uh, we're just taking a couple of weeks at a time, but um, that and Mother Nature, uh, oil inventories, uh, excuse me, diesel inventories remain very tight. Uh, you had touched on that. The price of diesel remains at a significant premium to that of gasoline. That's something that will continue, though diesel is seeing some moderation as well. We're down to a national average of 515. That's down about 20 cents in the last couple of weeks. That will continue, but diesel remains the sore spot. Of course, diesel is the fuel that powers the economy. So just overall, very difficult to predict beyond a few weeks out given how geopolitical situations can change, and of course, uh, with supply and demand constantly shifting. Uh, Patrick DeHaan is the head of petroleum analysis, GasBuddy.com. Here's something I don't understand, because I, I hear language in misrepresentation, and I don't know the, the truth of the matter. And I think a lot of people come to me and ask, and I go, well, why don't we get DeHaan on from a gas buddy and ask? Uh, <laughs> and hopefully you can help, uh, because we know that the, the future short-term is easier than long-term. But the talk of leases and development and discovery and uh, recovery of 
petroleum products uh, here stateside with leases uh, to uh, big oil. Some 9,000 are talked about that apparently aren't being worked with right now. The talk of environmental regulation may be helping to put a lid on that. Uh, are they utilizing and sucking out all that uh, black gold from uh, the states that's possible at this point with leases held? Why are they holding them? And what does all the gobbledygook talk about it really mean? Because one side says one thing and the other is the other. Forgetting yeah. about politics, I'm trying to figure about, you know, what my future holds for stocks and, and pocket and, and surviving, uh, you know, the economy. Well, a lot's been said politically. You know, uh, one party's trying to make it out to be uh, an attack on the energy sector. It will mean that, you know, down the road when those permits could be utilized that, you know, it's a limitation. But oil companies sit on, on thousands of permits. They don't use them all at once. Nothing has changed there. So, you know, for the Biden administration to paint that picture, that's always been the case. Um, you know, but you don't pull a permit a day before you need to start building on a plot of land. You, uh, you know, there's a lot of regulatory process. So you get permits in anticipation so that when you need it, it's ready. So, you know, the administration has been absolutely less than friendly to the oil sector. That's had a role, but that's something that will take years to manifest in the form of, of energy prices that are significantly affected. And for now, we're still dealing with the imbalances brought on by COVID in Russia. Well, thank you for the time. I could spend a lot more with you. I appreciate the insight in doing what you do. It's a great resource, whether it's the app or online, or if he'll pick up the phone for you. He's Patrick DeHaan, head of petroleum analysis, gasbuddy.com. Thanks for making time. We'll hopefully talk to you again sooner than later with good news and, and a fatter pocket. That's right. Thanks for having me. Great insights, as always. Head of Petroleum Analysis, Patrick DeHaan, GasBuddy.com. Sterling out the door, making way for Kevin Gordon, rolling with America's Trucking Network. That's ATN after the news. I'll be back tomorrow night on 700 WLW Cincinnati. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW Cincinnati. Inflation and gas prices. With the 12 o'clock report, I'm Sean McCormick. Breaking now, inflation still too high may be slowing and lower gas prices may be a reason inflation may recede. Gas prices are falling across the country, now the lowest since Russia invaded Ukraine in February. AAA is reporting the national average for unleaded gas at 3.47 per gallon right now, down about 12 cents in the last week. Gas Buddy predicts prices could fall below $3 per gallon by Christmas. ABC's Elizabeth Shulsey uh, tells us why they're paying less at the pump. Countries around the world have been bracing for an economic slowdown for a possible recession. If there was a recession, that would mean there's less demand for oil, there's less demand for gas, and that is why prices would then drop. And at the same time, we've seen global supply going up. Major oil producers have boosted production. We've seen some releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. So more supply, lower demand, that generally is what's been translating into some of these lower prices at the pump. In Ohio, current uh, average is 347, 320 in Kentucky, and 357 in Indiana. Now the latest traffic and weather together. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.